Horror TV. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about horror TV shows on Attack of the Killer podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Everybody. <laughs> there should be songs every time. You should I always know. Be I knew you would appreciate. It's been a while yeah. since I've, I've sung an intro. So, did you do a fade in technique on that? Was it? Was that some? That was just me. That's all natural. Oh, He's that wow, good. Okay. <laughs> He's that good. Uh, they call me the Michael Winslow of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike, blah, 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 blah. And we're going to talk about horror TV shows on this episode. And I know we've done this topic before, but it's been forever. Probably back with the original Zoo Crew, right? Mm-hmm. Zoo yeah. Crew. That rhymes. Okay. Um, so I thought that and the fact that there's been like a billion new shows since then, yeah. uh, it would be good to come back to this topic, so... Uh, but first, before we do that, let's introduce you to the podcast crew. This may be the episode where he has an aneurysm once we start talking about The Walking Dead. John Stalter, everybody. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. My brain stopped working for a second there. I just zoned out. Oh, hi, everybody. Puts me to sleep every time. She puts the boob in boob tube. Terry Turker. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's been absent from the show for a long time, but he's finally back. His beard is in a, de- in a dimension of sight and sound. Dustin Neal. Yeah. Yes. What's up, everybody? Howdy, listeners. Welcome back to the show, buddy. Yeah, it's good to be back. I'm going to have to get out the cobwebs. Yeah. Next up, he thinks the scary show on TV is keeping up with the Kardashians. Brian Clark. And that's the way it is. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and lastly, he'd rather be watching Girl Meets World than American Horror Story. Jason Bollinger. That is true, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? Party people! Woo! Woo! How is everybody doing? T- Fantastic. Aw. Uh-oh. Oh, no. What's you, wrong, you, John? you mentioned The Walking Dead, and it just strange, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Just uh, spit him on the neck. John's mad about The Walking Dead. I make a joke, and it gets one bewildered uh-huh. out of pity. <laughs> <laughs> Par for the course. Uh, I'll say, Brian, your whole life is just a anyway <laughs> a pity laugh. Oh, it so is. <laughs> pity laugh. Well, anyway. Who wants to start us off? Who wants to bring start off start us off with the show? I'll say I could, since who knows how long I'll last tonight. All right, yeah, go for uh, it. I want to talk about Black Mirror. Okay, um, I haven't seen. Who who has seen Black Mirror on here? Am I? Is this gonna? I've seen the first two seasons, so like okay. six episodes, which is really all there is, and then the Christmas episode, right? Um. It's definitely one of the 
darkest. It's more sci-fi than anything because a lot of it's you know it takes place in the uh-huh. near future, but uh, it's definitely dark and depressing <coughs> and fucked up, and it's written by a comedian. <laughs> Who's it written by? Uh, or at least created by uh, a comedian, Charlie. I think I'm gonna fuck up his name. But my friend will kill me. It's Char- Charlie Booker, I believe, and he's just British Brooker. comedian. What is Brooker. it, Brooker? Okay, yes. I could, couldn't remember, but uh, he's yeah, he's extremely hilarious. He's kind of I don't know how to describe his sense of humor, but I mean, I, the the little bit that I've seen of him, he's he's hilarious. But yeah, the fact that uh, he created something like this is incredibly depressing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's I honestly, it, my favorite episode is called White Bear. Has anybody seen that? I mean, other than me and Terry. No, haven't seen Damn it! it. <laughs> so can't really can't really uh, talk about the episode too much. But it starts out with a woman. Uh, like a lot of things start out, you know, in horror. They she's got amnesia. Oh, yeah. She's trying to figure out who she is, where she is. There's a strange symbol on like the computer monitor and TV monitor, and then tons of people are just standing around videotaping her with their cell phones. Nobody will talk to her. Nobody will help her. She doesn't know what's going on. Uh, and it just goes from there. And it's probably one of the most bleak endings I've ever seen for, for a TV show. Yeah. When it comes down to it's... Super fuck. dark. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it takes it to a whole other level of dark that I didn't know TV could go. Yeah. Hmm. I'll definitely have to start digging into that. But, I mean, it's, I mean, the whole series itself is really great. I mean, there's one episode where... Everybody in the future is implanted with these um, just eye implants that let you record your everyday life. And then you can be like, oh, you have an argument with your friend or your wife or whatever. You can be like, nope, nope, this is what I said. And you can bring it up on your TV. Whoa. But yeah. it also makes people really lazy. Like the, there's a scene where the guy's having sex with his wife, but they just play in their mind their best like sex scenes with each other. And they're just basically laying there. Mm. It's... <laughs> Yeah, paints a pretty bleak picture, but that's how a lot of things are. It's nothing in this series is happy. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, more situational horror, like just mm-hmm. like you're terrified at the <clears throat> thought of these things possibly becoming real more than anything. But it's just it's so well executed, uh, and they all have ties to technology. Like that's kind of the reoccurring theme. Um. It's just some crazy, like, really unique, awesome stories. Like, every single one was just really great. And there's only, there's only like, six six or seven episodes, so it doesn't take anything to get through it. Mm. Where's, where can you find this at? It's Where's on Netflix. At? Yeah. Okay. And then Netflix is going to do season three premieres. They're actually premiering, like, the first episode of the Toronto Independent Film Festival, I think. But I think it's, like, either this fall or this next spring is when the actual series will will premiere on, on Netflix. Is it a Netflix original series? They, I think they... Don't they bill it as Netflix original? But that's just because they, they're the ones that brought yeah, it over here to the I U.S. Don't... It's originally on the BBC, which is yeah. how I saw it. Oh, okay. Okay. But, I mean, there's there's some episodes that are kind of weak... There's one I can't even really describe what the hell was going on. It was a well, it's a room with like people on uh, exercise bikes, 
and they're kind of playing games, sort of. I don't get that either. And trying to, but it's it's like all in this like to me maybe like an apartment complex. But well, it's, they're ba- I, they're like slaves. Like, yeah, and they have to work, get earn points to be able to like do simple daily things like run water to brush their teeth and like the whole point. It's like they're churning yeah. out. Like they're churning out and doing being slaves for this company, and the whole point is to like get on this. It's like a sing, kind of like a singing competition show. Yeah, kind of like um, America's Got Talent, or but it's a really like fucked that. up version of it. It's just but, like if you fail at it, you become a prostitute. Yeah, wasn't hmm. that like yeah? The chick has to do porn then afterwards because she failed. It's something really fucking disturbing. <laughs> Sounds like a it's winner really to dark, me, not a winner. Yeah. Loser. yeah. <laughs> wow, cool. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Awesome. Okay. Um, who wants to go next? Anybody? Should we just get it out of the way now? <laughs> I can leave Stran- for a little bit. No. Str- Stranger Things? Oh. <laughs> that show... Did you watch it? Fuck yeah, I did. That show's like the best thing ever. <laughs> okay, you scared oh me God. for a second. Dude. Jesus. No. I didn't get <laughs> enough of it. Eight episodes is not enough. No, but they I thought they did a great job oh, just tying everything up and oh, whatnot. So I'm, good. I'm a little leery about the, the idea of uh, a second season. But yeah. it's a sequel. Well, yeah, but it's... I mean because I because I did I did read that it is gonna continue on from where the first season left off, so it's still a story about the kids and stuff and all that. So, which the kids are amazing. Oh, they yeah. found the best batch of child actors that I think has ever been put together. Well, Every I, one of those kids is just incredible. And the one kid's real name is Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> what? <laughs> which one? Uh, I want to. Let's see. What's the kid that plays Mike or something? Finn Wolfhard. Yep, that's right. Yeah. There's actually like a video of him on the internet, like of him playing guitar. I think he's covering a Nirvana song. I haven't watched it, but I'm just like, yep, that kid's cool. His name's Finn Wolfhard. That kid, um, he actually tried out for it last summer and got the job for the Losers Club. And then he, uh, of course, we all know it got canned that at that time. And and yeah. so, well, when he was doing it, they said. Uh, he got the job for Stranger Things, and he's like, I can't do Stranger Things. I'm going to be in It. So It got canned. So he went over and did Stranger Things. And now It is back, and he's in the Losers Club with It in the new movie. So, oh, it's so good. So he's kind of gotten typecasted, but he's so good, so why not? You know? Yeah, like, yeah why not? Awesome. They all, they all are. He's young. He'll outgrow yeah, it. I, fun, I, I don't but... think you're are uh, in too much danger of being typecast when you're like 12 years old. I mean, I suppose it could be one of those things where when you, you know, as you grow up, then they won't think of you as anything but a kid actor and, and not take you well, seriously. That's... And then he's going to have to do like some porn or something for people to <laughs> to shed the image. But Oh, well, that, that's that's true. But man, I don't, I don't mean as a kid, by the way, just oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. thank you for clarifying monster. that. I mean, once he is of age. <laughs> the kids are so good and I just I love those I love those movies man Goonies 
Monster Squad, that kind of stuff, like a group of kids. But Super 8. What's great about it, yeah, Super 8. Super 8's probably the closest example to these kids and the fact that the way they the way they interact with each other and the way they they talk and stuff but it's it's real like you know we kind of always felt that the best representation of kids were those 80 films like Goonies and whatnot stand by but me. Uh, stand by me which which that's probably one of the better examples from the 80s um <clears throat> but uh you know but like with Goonies you know Goonies all they do is just yell all their lines you know <laughs> yes um so you know it's like these kids you know not only good actors but everything just felt really natural like this is how this is how kids at that age this is how we acted this is how we behaved this is how we talked and this is how we played D D because we all did that yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it hooked me right in when the first thing that you see is a group of kids in the basement playing D&D. Like, that's awesome. When he throws the dice and it rolls off the table and they start freaking out about where it went and <laughs> what the number was. <clears throat> so good. So good. I'm excited to hear what Dustin thought because he was like the first guy to be like, you guys fucking ready for Stranger Things? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, like Netflix got me hooked right away because uh, I've got a PlayStation 4, and when you have the Netflix app on your PlayStation 4 and it opens up, it'll just automatically start showing you a fucking trailer. And most of the time, it pisses me off. But, like, right. this time it did it, and it was like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, what is this? <laughs> Like, I was hooked, like, <laughs> right from the beginning. And it says, watch trailer, I watch trailer. And then I was pissed because it's like, it doesn't come out till July 15th. And I'm like, you fucking cocksuckers. But, like, this <laughs> whole, I, I, wa- I went home the first day right after work and watched everything almost until the very last episode. And, I was uh, like, everybody else in America got hooked with the first episode. Like, this, it, it, it's an insanely perfect show. It's it's almost to the point where I, I'm a little scared that it's too perfect, because if they're going to make a sequel, uh, the first one is so true to the '80s, like yeah. horror movies. We got great number one '80s horror movies. Now, if they want to stay true, they got to give us pure shit on season two. I mean, they've got to <laughs> give us garbage for season two right i mean that's how 80s sequels work and if that's what they're sticking to that's what they've got to give us so i mean hopefully season two is good those like you said those kids are amazing the 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 attention to detail like i was born in 83 that's what um this one the show takes place and um everything that they they show is like we've all seen 80s movies done horribly wrong that have been done today and they you know they've got all of their um uh, uh I, you guys are are you guys giggling no <laughs> mike moving around okay I'm like oh god oh, oh. no i'm sorry i'm sorry uh but anyway we've done eight we've seen 80s movies done completely wrong that have been done today where there's just things out of place there's too much 80s in this one part but this is an 83 and everything kind of looks like 70s uh, because in 83 yeah. you're not gonna have the over-the-top 80s moments of you know pop get, color yeah you're, you just don't get that like you're not getting no. uh the cars that are like deloreans and you know stuff like that that just that doesn't happen in suburbia 80s in 1983 you get these you know yeah. you get the lazy boy that looks like it was so, made in 1975 so. you know like that's how things looked 
in the 80s yeah, in, in a it's home. Not like, it's not like January 1st, 1983, everybody threw everything out that they owned and bought all new stuff exactly, that year. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's why this is perfect. And that's why I think they had to use every penny of their budget to make everything so authentic that yeah. I think we can kind of agree that the creature effects of CGI kind of let us down a little bit, although they're they're not bad, but they're just no, they're, I didn't think they were they're bad. They're just yeah. a little bit out of place and, you know, physics-wise and how the monster moves. If it wants to to do anything better in season 2, they've got to have practical creature effects. If they want true yeah. 80s, they've got to go that route. I don't care how cheesy it looks. That's what I think. That's well, what they gotta do. And sometimes I have a much better time, you know, looking at a creature that's kind of so so. Like if I'm watching a movie, like let's say Game of Thrones, for example, I get pretty engrossed in that world. But yeah. when you see a dragon flying, doesn't look that great. But you're like, whatever, it's a fucking yeah. dragon. Who cares? Yeah. Like as long as the real world, like something grounded in reality, looks good to me, I can suspend my you know belief for a little bit for a creature. I mean, I know mm-hmm. I'm not watching reality, oh, yeah. but if but if the 80s didn't look like the 80s, it would just, I don't know, it would take me out of it. But it feels so real. It feels, I mean, as much as I would know about 1983, I was a year old. <laughs> but I mean, it yeah, it doesn't feel like the 80s. It feels like a mishmash of the you know, late 70s, early 80s, and I've never really seen anything quite like that. Like, it yeah, just feels I'm, more grounded. like... You know, I'm not saying, oh God, the creature effects were awful. No, no, but you know, but you know what I mean. Like, I, yeah. I can still, yeah. I can be more forgiving with some things, but as long as the world feels real to me, yeah, I totally. But who knows? They might get a bigger budget next time. But I mean, is yeah, I just hope they don't go too far with the '80s like references and stuff like that. Because some people did, I know, complained about that. They're like, it just felt like it was hitting me over the head. Like, oh look, there's an Evil Dead poster, or you know, stuff like that. I think that's something that you would have. I mean... Yeah, yeah. and see, that's how I kind of felt. But, like, I could see why some people would complain about it. And I mean, it's not like the, if the show doesn't isn't without its homages. I mean, they're all yeah. over the place. Oh, but they yeah, do but it I so well. I don't, get that, I, don't get that, I don't get that comment. I can't believe people are actually saying that they were getting hit over the head with the 80s references. I didn't feel that way to me at all. Oh, Other no. than the... Other than the use of CGI and much better cameras, um, I would have probably guessed that this was from 1983. I'm trying to you know, I was discussing it with with somebody, and the way that the way they were talking about like the clothing, they're like, "Yes, it looks like the 80s, but it looks." I'm trying to remember how they said it, it was almost too much 80s, and I'm like, nah. but, well, it nope. was the 80s. Like, <laughs> I, like, what do you, what do you because want? Because it was the 80s. There wasn't enough 1940s <laughs> 1980s story. I'm trying to remember how they worded it, but it's just like it felt pretty much like '83 to me, and uh, you know I don't have any memory of it. Because I do understand, like you get some of those period films that are supposed to be, especially anything that attempts to you know draw back to like the '80s. That there are moments that do hit you over the head, but it's in this there was never that moment of like camera fades in on the Evil Dead poster, slowly pans yeah. back. Evil Dead, you know, none of that type of shit. Or, you know, hey, did you watch the Gong Show last <laughs> night? You know, or you know, none of those like Some people just want face references. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. just oh, enjoy the show. Good. I mean, it's shit. it's fun. It's a great storyline. The 
fantastic acting all around. I mean, the kids and everybody else. Everybody else. It's nice yeah. to see Winona Ryder, you know, not stealing watches. So, <laughs> <laughs> if if she did a good job. As long as the references and stuff like that in the background, like you know, having an Evil Dead poster on the wall, it's like the Clubhouse and Monster Squad, which is an 80s yeah. movie that has posters yeah. for 80s movies plastered all over the inside of that clubhouse. Uh, but like you were saying, as long as it's not pushed to the foreground, of yeah. course there's going to be that stuff. Yeah. Because need, that's, that was the popular culture of the time. It would be no different. I mean, if, if they had, you know nothing on the walls and everyone just wore a white shirt and blue jeans and it was like completely a blank slate it would look stupid so of course these kids are going to have posters for the things they love on their walls that's not a blatant reference as long as as mike said they're not opening the scene on the poster just to make sure you get it did you see you had there it's gonna fucking be there (laughs) you kids like that movie check it out we put it in our tv show (laughs) <laughs> hey, if, if Mike says it looks authentic, I believe him. He was probably driving by 1983 oh, <laughs> high school. He was. I was 11. <laughs> what? What is there anyone here at that age who didn't have stuff they loved plastered all over their room? Oh, always. Oh, exactly. So of I course had nothing but pictures of Jesus everywhere in my room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna picture that, even though I know it's not true. <laughs> Just, and the things have never changed. Yeah, I think maybe we. Sh- I should have also like mentioned um, before we go too much further on this show. Just just to be safe, we should give like a big old spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mention because it's it's hard not to talk about the show without getting spoilery. I mean, well, we can do our best because well, everybody should see this. And honestly, we could have done an entire episode on this. I think our yeah. fan base has probably seen every episode. I, if they haven't, then then stop now. Go watch yeah, it because you're going to love bit, it. Then watch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but but I wonder, like, how would you? How would you? So, like, let's say there is somebody who hasn't seen it, um, listening to the show. How would you describe it? Anybody what did, take what did you say was on the episode, Jason? Uh, it's it's, it's, it's uh, Spielberg King. Yeah. meets Stephen King. Yeah, and that's you know, the best way to describe it. Great meets, and it meets everything. I mean, <laughs> the weird Stephen King. They even use the Stephen King font as the title. Yeah, so, I mean that's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, very great. And I can imagine um, that that introduction on Netflix capturing you right away, Dustin, because of the score alone. The score oh. is absolutely perfect. I mean, there's. You know, I guess spoiler alert. Um, you know, there are they have true to the year music, uh, you know, by bands out, you know, playing throughout the entire series. But they also have some renditions of songs that were redone. And there's like seriously, like I don't like I don't cry during shows or movies. But that episode three when they play, if we could be heroes. Uh, oh. They pull Will Byers out of the um, the quarry. Like it's oh, it's absolutely yeah. perfect. Right like it was waterfalls. Gut. It was waterfalls. That was that was a really <laughs> tough episode or scene it to was. watch. Like holy, I mean, three episodes in. Actually, mm-hmm. honestly, an episode in, and you're already like so in love with these characters. Like, oh yeah, to see that happen to one of the ah. Oh. And all you want is, you know, for them to find this kid, you know. You just, 
you know, just pulling for, you know, this kid's got to be alive, right? He's got to be alive. And then and then that, by episode three, you get that. It, like, holy shit. It's amazing they, they can pull that, that off. Yeah. That song right there was perfect. And it was just perfectly placed. And everything they use is perfectly placed. And their score is just, yeah, it's just amazing. It's just, it was it was perfect. <laughs> That's all I can say. I'm going to go cry in the corner now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold I, managed me, to con- me. <laughs> I managed to contain myself until the last episode, but yeah, by the end of that one, I was just a wreck. That, uh, and another great song, great show, things, yeah. Uh, Annie Lennox, that um, that a song that I don't know if it's the Arrhythmics or if it's Annie Lennox. Another rendition they play at the very end is just beautiful and it's perfect, and it's just like I'm blanking on it. Which song was it? The uh, as soon as when Will Byers starts to breathe, like oh yeah, most likely if they wanted to go to true to the time period, most likely it just would have been Eurythmics. Yeah, because I don't know if she had been doing solo stuff yet, but yeah, I don't think so yet. No. And honestly, I have no problem anytime anybody wants to play me some Annie Lennox. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> So as much as I love the kids, you know, let's also not give the misconception. It's not just all about the kids. There's a ton of really amazing characters in this movie. My favorite being, you know, the cop, the sheriff or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was awesome and he had like he had my favorite arc of the whole of the whole series. You know, he kind of starts off, you think he's just going to be this like washed up drunk asshole cop and he ends up being like your favorite superhero <laughs> yeah. by the end was it the um uh sheriff beat him up or sheriff sheriff punch a lot i can't <laughs> 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 just beats up everybody <laughs> uh i just thought he was awesome so good just loved again loved his whole arc and you know how he just made it his life's mission, really, to find this kid and find out the truth, and so so cool, such a cool guy. He was good. They they really flipped the script on the jock boyfriend too, like. Oh, I know that could have you know, and again you know with all these references to eighties, if this would have been an eighties movie, that jock that jock boyfriend um, preppy kid would have been an asshole through the whole thing. Yeah, he wasn't, and, and he would have been dead. He wasn't, and they're like, and oh god, yeah. I think I like him again. Like, oh no. <laughs> and that's the thing, like when he shows up at the house when like they're ready, getting ready to draw the creature out, mm-hmm. and I, I fell for it. I'm like, yep, okay, this is where the jock asshole is gonna die. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be the first thing that happens is the jock asshole is going to die because he's the asshole. But no, it was a complete turnaround. And then the fact that, like, she ends up with him at the end, huge spoiler alert, sorry, ends up with him at the very, very end. I was like, whoa, holy shit. Yeah, and he, he got him the new camera and he, you know, he helped the guy at the theater. Like, you're just like, man, maybe he is trying to change. And, like, you don't get that in an 80s horror movie. So that was good and refreshing that they did that with him because they could have killed him off and we could have just never cared about him. But would that would have made a great second season, you know, coming up? You know, who knows? But I'm glad they kept that. I'm glad they went the way with that with that character. Yeah, and it just everything just felt right with, with every character, you know, especially that one. Because even though you kind of want... And I, I'm horrible at remembering the characters' names. Obviously, you kind of want the girl to end up with Winona Ryder's, you know, older son. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. But like when you see that that's not what happens at the end, I'm just kind of like, hmm, okay, I, I could accept that. 
Yeah, definitely. And it and it's very real. Like you know, that's how things would turn out. That it's very true. That's a, a realistic outcome there. Yeah, so I'd definitely be Wayne Owner's writer's older son who wouldn't get the girl to fucking into the fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> she was hot. The the girl. Or no yeah. writer. Both. Uh, <laughs> Both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We gotta give it up for Barb. Rest in peace. Yeah. Pieces. <laughs> Poor Barb. You know what's interesting about her storyline is that everybody just thinks she ran away. I mean they had Nobody really cares. No nobody cares. And they everybody just thinks that she's ran away because that's what the corporation did. And it, that was never cleared up. So, I mean, as far as anybody knows, she just ran away. So She's off doing drugs with some random guy somewhere, maybe. Because, yeah. you know, that's totally her personality. Maybe she'll return second season as a slime zombie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, we have. how have we not mentioned how awesome Eleven is? Yeah. Eleven was that actress so awesome. did such a fantastic job. I mean, really shaved her head. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Christ, that's huge. For, well, I, my wife was just uh, reading about this. Well, she watched the video of her getting her hair buzzed for the first time, and her parents mm-hmm. were on the fence about it. And she was on the fence about it. She's like, I don't know if I really want to buzz my hair. And then Mad Max came out, and they're like, Fuck yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. This is the best thing ever. Yes, we're buzzing the hair. <laughs> But she just but, does such a fantastic job. Oh, such yeah. a little badass, and then, then she bleeds. Yep. <laughs> she does something badass, and then she bleeds. And you just feel for her through the whole thing, yeah. too. It's like, uh Yeah. Her facial reactions are something that a child, actor, actress, should not possess. Like, it's, <laughs> it's very professional, and that she has the fewest lines in the entire show. Yeah. And, but is able to convey... Uh, you know, j- any emotion, you know, whatever she's feeling, like it's it's that's what makes it so good. She really wanted those ego waffles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now I want some ego waffles. Yep. And that makes her few lines even more powerful. Like of all the other cool, you know, flipping the FBI cars and all the other shit she does. Yeah. Her most badass moment is when she confronts those bullies in the quarry and says no. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. So cool. Yeah, those those two little asshole kids, they just pretty much stayed little assholes through the whole movie, <laughs> yes. didn't they? Oh, they didn't they didn't have an arc. Wanna... Which is fine. <laughs> yeah, no, they you gotta have that asshole bully in the movie and it might as well be those little shits. And I it's a TV show guys. You keep saying movie. <laughs> movie show. You keep saying movie. It's close enough. It's, a TV show. it's one that... long movie. Those, exactly what Dustin said. Those two, those two bullies really reminded me a lot more of like kind of the Stand by Me influences in it because when I remember watching Stand by Me and I felt the same way about these about these two kids. It's like okay, you see movies with bullies and stuff, and we um, all have had our experiences with bullies, but like these bullies for me, for me were far more terrifying because. They like not did they not only threaten to hurt you, but they threatened to kill you, and they would believe, and you believe that they would do it. Yeah. You know, they wanted that kid to jump off the fucking ledge at that quarry. You know, yeah. 
And I thought after that moment that, you know, when she stops them, that they maybe not necessarily were going to join the gang, but that there would be kind of a grudging respect after that. But like you said, they have no arc. Like, after yeah. that moment, they just kind of piss off and don't come back. Well, they do come back in the oh, one that's scene right. yeah. at the, at the uh, police station. Because the mom drags the kid in, you know, with his leg in the cast, you know, trying to file a report against the other kids. Right. So. But they never get that moment of redemption, is what I mean. Like, you never but, get yeah, to see yeah. them turn that corner and decide, like, maybe they shouldn't be such assholes after all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's just going to be a continuation of the story, hopefully. You know, what will they, you know, now, now that Elle is gone, you know. What will happen to the uh, group of boys? Is she gone? Is she gone? <laughs> but, I mean, that that even, though, is true to life. Because, I mean, how, you know, if you remember people like that from your childhood and you ever cross paths, paths with them again, most of them are still complete piles of shit. So maybe <laughs> yes. those kids will always be assholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just saw pictures from my high school reunion. I'm like, oh, man, I'm so glad I didn't go. <laughs> All those douchebags still look the same, except they don't have any hair. <laughs> Take that, bully. <laughs> How's that living in a trailer by yourself going for you? How about that dad? Wasn't that dad just a horrible dad? And like, Oh, yeah, there's, there's another character without really any arc. Other than just to be off, like he's just not there. He's just somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> and the mom is trying to handle it, so it's... A very real, a uh, real family atmosphere. I feel like with mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Man, what else can we say? Uh, well, for me, the most shocking thing of all is I didn't want to. Well, okay, I did want to punch Matthew Modine in the mm -hmm. TV show, but not because <laughs> he's Matthew Modine. Just because of his character. Yeah. Normally, I can't. I I'll turn off anything with Matthew Modine. Oh, I despise wow. that actor for some reason, but I actually thought he did such a fantastic job. I wanted to punch yeah. him for a different reason. You know why <laughs> he did such a good job? Because he's pretty much Cochran from Halloween 3. Like, that is totally, yeah, totally exactly is. how I saw him. And Yeah, the, you're right. The hair, yeah. the, his suit, his cars, his vehicles. I mean, he's the guy keeping the secret, and that's what Cochran was. Oh, and I think that's totally. how they just stole. They didn't steal it. They borrowed and they did a very good job of making him is still his own character, but while you like I all I just saw Cochran. That's all I saw. <laughs> I did not think of that. That is oh, that is perfect. So do you think that reference is you think that's like for real? Do you think they actually did purposely draw from Halloween three for that character? I think so. I mean I think there's some other over there's some other overtones throughout the series that kinda reminds me of Halloween three. As well, you know. I mean, I just I would love to sit down, just sit down with those guys and kind of pick their brain on where their influences came from. Um, I mean, I did read one thing that Jaws was a big, a big inspiration to yes, them. Yeah, you could see that poster in the background too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And there was some other Jaws references in the show too, and I can't remember what now. But uh, what are those guys' names? Those those uh, brothers, Duffer brothers, Duffer brothers. Has, does anybody know where they came from or, or or anything else they've done? They've had one movie, and I hear it's pretty good, but it went under the radar. I can't think of what it's called. Um, 
I probably have to look them up, but I hear it's a, a really solid movie and uh, has, you know, similar tones of Stranger Things, so. Yeah, I may have to check that out because I'm really impressed with uh, the, the job they did. I mean, we we keep giving the you know the the credit to all these amazing performances to the actors, but uh, you know a lot of those performances have to get pulled from somewhere, and that that goes that credit goes to the directors, you know. And I, I you know I just I, working with children as a director is just something <laughs> I never want to do. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems so difficult. And you hear always hear those horror stories, and these these guys manage to get the most amazing performances from a group of kids, as well as keep things authentic to the '80s, and as well as on top of that, tell an amazing fucking story that kept you captivated for what? How many episodes? Six, seven, eight, eight, eight nine, ten. Um, so, you know, huge kudos to those guys. That's it's just amazing, 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 amazing. I'm gonna probably watch this again. I've already watched it twice. Oh, probably wow, gonna, nice. Probably going to watch it uh, again in the fall because this is a fall show. So if the listeners oh, are yeah. listening and they're, they, they've, hopefully they're not listening right now, but I mean, hope they're listening. But if you haven't seen this, you really just, we just fucked up the entire show for you. But uh, <laughs> this is a fall show. Like it's, it's, it was all, I think had to be all shot in the fall. There's hardly any leaves on the tree. It's got that, that weird, daylight about it where you where you can tell it's not summer and you know yeah. the jackets are real I and mean, it's it, yeah. you know the, the leaves are blowing through i mean they're it's 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 cool but it's not cold it's like a perfect fall show and that's what i get from it like you can almost smell the autumn air yeah. emanating from your screen man yeah like just really puts you in that i think you're right i think this may be a annual fall viewing for me it's got a Blu-ray release, didn't it? Oh, well, I would hope so. I mean, Netflix, I thought yeah. I read that somewhere that it did or it's coming out. I mean, this thing's exploding everywhere. It's Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, they weren't even going to do that soundtrack. They weren't even going to release that until they had the high demand. Mhm. On a yeah. side note, does it seem strange? And and other Netflix shows have got it too, all their Marvel ones and some of their other original stuff, probably all of it. Does it seem weird that Original content created by Netflix, one of the major nails in the coffin of physical media is still putting their original content out on physical media. <laughs> I find that funny. It's <laughs> a good point. I, I really think that's that's for like uh, you know us. We all obviously have Netflix, but I bet we could all name somebody who doesn't have Netflix, and I bet we could ask them, "Hey, have you seen Stranger Things?" And they're gonna say, "No, I don't have Netflix." And so that's going to come out, and they're going to see it, and they're either going to rent it or buy it. So I think that that audience is, you know, just a few, but I think it, it exists still enough to release a Blu-ray. And I think for us, we I could see myself buying it one oh, I'd buy for, it for sure. uh, you know, for uh, behind-the-scenes footage, you know, blooper reels, all the all the you know the commentary, you know, just stuff like that that we wouldn't get that Netflix doesn't put on uh, the the streaming. So. I could, you know, I'll, I'll probably buy it, but I mean, it's, I think it's, yeah, that is, it is funny that they are the, the media medium that now that's, you know, taking away all those things. I will still buy it on Blu-ray 
or I'll buy it on Blu-ray and still watch it on Netflix because I'll be too lazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it's over there. Yep. See what I have? My remote's right here. I just gotta hit a button. It's right here. Um, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they're releasing it to Blu-ray so they can have it part of their their mail catalog. That too. Yeah. That would also work. Not everybody yeah. has the streaming feature, although that's silly. It's why, just silly why, yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine why. I can't imagine why anybody would still do the mail order Netflix, yeah, but I, it's still a it's still a thing. I do it. <laughs> I do it because they have so much more stuff on there yeah. that they don't have on streaming. You can get yeah. just about literally anything that's ever been put out on DVD through their mail service. I just yeah, got, I just got a disc, a four movie compilation disc of like Grindhouse Vietnam one on a do over <laughs> exploitation movies that none of those are streaming. They're probably not even on YouTube. But do they have yeah. water power? <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> I feel sorry for the person that thinks they're getting a documentary on water power. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Brian will have to explain that movie sometime. Okay. <laughs> or I'll, I'll just... hear very good yeah. <laughs> Commentary? <laughs> That's it. Brian's like, all right, now that I'm a full-time member, I want to do a commentary of uh, water power. So <laughs> I was just saying, I wish there was a DVD of that movie with commentary on it, because that would be fascinating. <laughs> that could be us. It'll mostly just be us trying not to vomit throughout the hour and a half that it is or whatever. All right, you got me intrigued. What the hell is this water power? <laughs> Explain it. Well, oh, we'll talk about it another time. You don't want to bring this up right now, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, kids might be listening. All right, fine. So I'm going to think about the rest of the night, though. I'm just warning That you. makes it even better. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be so disappointed when he finds out what it really is. <laughs> so what did everybody think of the, um, the uh, what's, what was the name of that world? The Upside Down? The other dimension? Yeah, yeah I, I really thought it was cool looking and um, loved the concept. Kind of reminds me of like some kind of like H.R. Giger theories. You know, and he was a big believer in... Um, how there's like a whole separate dimension that exists in our dimension, we just can't see them, just like these kind of HP Lovecraftian type stuff. So, no, it's a really cool yep. world. Uh, it's weird because it's almost like the I, I love the gate because uh, it's like this uh, reforming gelatin cobweb type uh, thing. It's hard to explain. Like if you tried. To, it, like I don't even know how they made it or how they tried to explain that when they were pitching the idea. They're gonna walk through this weird cobweb that's like jello and it forms back. You know, it's just it's really cool and it looks pretty good. And then and then like they get swallowed up. It's so weird. Like I, I it's hard to explain. But once they make it to the other side, then obviously it's everything that's on the upside world, just much more bleak and darker and scarier. I, there's so much more that I think we need to learn about this world mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, like the air is toxic and, and it's always always got like this ash floating around. And, you know, I, th I think that's probably part of the sheriff's story, hopefully in the second season is like, you know, is he hired to go in and out of that now? Like he's been in it. He's the only guy that's came out alive. And he, you know, we don't know what deal he really made with that corporation. So... I think there's still a lot more for us to learn about that upside down world. 
Oh, yeah, there's got to be, yeah. Barely scratched the surface. So it can't be the only creature that exists in that. And that's what's scary. Yeah. Yeah, What else is is there? The the final episode, he finds an egg that's open. So, I mean, that's just proof there, unless Mm -hmm. that was the monster that, uh, you know, they killed. But I don't know. There's more. There's got to be. There's got to be more. And plus, you know, Will Byers is throwing up, you know, other things. So who knows? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I I hope, and maybe this is going to be a divisive comment but i really did not care for that monster design that was like my big hang-up i'm you know ever since cloverfield i guess i've just been kind of tired of things whose faces split open into 60 different segments and that it's like i i don't know i i I hope there are more monsters and that they are different and scarier and meaner in the next one if you know yeah i just i wasn't a big fan i mean it worked they needed a monster and it you know it if you were 12 years old and that thing came charging out of the dark it would scare the shit out of you but I don't know yeah, it, be like, it, high it, five buddy yeah it, it did not do for me what the rest of the series did for me I guess sure I get that I mean I like the monster design but I get where you're coming from I think it part of it is the part of it is like there's I don't think there could have been a monster that could have met expectations you know what i mean like everything was built up yeah so well that once the reveal happens it's that lovecraft thing where when you make a movie of lovecraft of a lovecraft story you have to show the monster which he always says you could never look at without going insane and then it's all you know and the the few lovecraft movies that are really good that have shown monsters like from beyond are awesome but yeah they're not going to drive you insane or anything so like you said once you build it up that far and you show it it's almost inevitably going to be disappointing yeah 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 i get what you i get you what you're saying though about the i didn't like the cloverfield monster at all i just i just for me monsters that i don't like when it comes to cgi monsters especially are like Things that just cannot that defy the laws of physics, you know. Let's let's get some some kind of like recognizable anatomy going on here. Yeah. You know what it, I mean? It's like because they don't have that limitation of having to be able to build the thing. They decide we're gonna, you know, this thing's gonna have eighty arms and it's gonna have, you know, its mouth is gonna have like six other mouths inside of it and it's gonna do all this crazy shit. And then they just over design it because they're mm-hmm. because they lack that limitation that forces you to. I mean, you can still be creative with the limitations and make something that's really great versus just having this huge open palette that you don't have any constraints and you just kind of go nuts and it's overdeveloped. Well, this this kind of reminds me of the uh, video I watched um, just a couple days ago. Why Jurassic Park still the first one still looks so good compared to other CGI stuff? It's because they tried to ground it in reality so much. They did so much yeah. research. Like, yeah, with a lot of creatures now in in uh, horror movies or sci-fi movies, they just try to make them as you know out there as possible, and nothing ever feels real because it doesn't have that grounded in reality anatomy. And they say that's why. Mm. I mean, even compared to like Jurassic World, which I loved. They're like it still doesn't hold those movie the newer movies don't hold up because they haven't done the research. Yeah, and and not only just the just the uh, anatomy of the creatures, but also on how they move. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, you know, these big giant hulking monsters, you know, with already 
bad anatomy and like it's like Cloverfield again. That thing would fall over. Its legs would snap in half if it was really that big and had those skinny ass legs. But like uh, take like the 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 first American, the Matthew Broadwick Godzilla, where that thing's like running around and swimming super fast, and then compare that to like you know you know Japan Godzilla where the thing is huge and it moves slow. You know that that's that's how it would move. Yeah, he's not going to be zipping around. Yeah. So and that that's the stuff that feels more real to you is when is when it is grounded in reality like that. So yeah, that's that's a very good point about the the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Like they feel like they've in the first one they've got weight to them. Yes. And um, yeah. when you see, for example, taking it back to Stranger Things, like this monster when it's walking around doesn't feel like it has weight um, mm-hmm. because. I guess really, how do you study an anatomy anatomy of something that you created with your mind? So yeah. I mean, there's, and that's why I think you got to go practical with it and just throw slime all over it and you know make a really cool monster and and then it you won't need that weight to it because there will be somebody in a suit. So yeah. Well, and it also the the other thing that video brought up was how they shot the dinosaurs whether they were doing cgi or the practical it was always more or less from the human perspective so it actually felt like you were looking at this large creature yeah but then movies nowadays even like they pointed out jurassic world you're always seeing it from a more just movie shot yeah nothing you know with fly you know the pterodactyls it just never they never felt real because they're just you're just following them fly through the air yeah and Mm -hmm. i think i i wish more people would remember to to try to like have it more grounded in reality like see it from the the actual actor's point of view for the most part like this creature you know with stranger things it needs to be you know larger and scarier but not from like oh we're looking at it from you know the angle of the the ceiling fan kind of thing i don't know yeah yeah it, it needs to add yeah Here's this wide frame, this wide shot, and here's, yep. you know, a massive dinosaur that looks like it's floating on grass. It's like, it might look cool in a way, but yeah. It never, yeah, like you said, never has that weight to it. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. So, so jump back to Stranger Things here. Um, um, anything else? Anybody have anything else they want to say? Terry, you've been quiet. You've seen it, haven't you? I have. You guys okay. were just having an awesome circle jerk there, so I just kind of let you. <laughs> well, I'm done. Let I, you keep going. I'm done. I'm, well, I'm come and join the circle jerk. <laughs> I'm good. I mean, <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's a great show. Awesome. <laughs> I don't have any more to add than what you guys have spoken about, so that's, yeah. That's Jason Did we bogart at all? So, Sorry, Terry. <laughs> it's okay. You guys are excited, yeah. and you should be. Great. Great show. So with that said, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm equally as excited as you guys are about it. I mean, I I didn't think... uh, I mean, I don't think it was perfect. And I'm not worried about it being perfect. Yeah, I didn't think it was perfect. I don't have to say anything else. I had trouble with the CGI of the monster. I didn't really. Oh, you did? I didn't mind the design. I just thought the CGI looked like crap. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it 
didn't it, it kind of go back too separated. What they're, they're talking about how yeah. it like didn't feel like it wasn't in, was in the environment yeah i was yeah. like and it's just it's fine and easy to deal with because like who cares the rest of it's so awesome but at the same time, it's like, oh, yeah. I think, I think you know? one, of, one of my favorite things about the show in general was the, like, all of the communications between Will and oh, yeah. his mom. Like, all the lights and stuff. Like, I thought that was some of the coolest oh, stuff. Cool. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, we keep gushing about the kids, but I got really wrapped up in Winona's stuff, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Especially crazy? with the lights and... And you know, and again, you know, we talk about how they, um, how they tried to do something really '80s, but like broke all the '80s rules. If this was an '80s '80s horror film, you know, Winona would go to the cops, and the cops would would dismiss it, and that would be the end of it. They would just think she's crazy. But no, he keeps he keeps digging and digging further into it. So I thought that was cool too, because at first he's like, "Yeah, she's just crazy. She's just grieving." But uh, you know, as he starts to discover things, then he then he just makes it his mission to find this kid, and I appreciated that too. That you know, because at first I'm like, oh man, they're just gonna think she's crazy, and like she's not gonna get any help in this situation, and so yeah, and yeah, the stuff with the Christmas lights that was that was really cool, a really cool device. I love Winona. Yeah, I think she's great, and I'm not saying. That she was a bad actress in this. But what I am saying is I think she was on another level than everyone else on the show. To me, I thought she overacted the fuck out That's of shit. That's what I read a lot of, too. A lot of people thought she overacted. I mean, yeah. And, and, like, what she did, I think, was great. I just but in tone to the rest of the everything else. It seemed like it was a little much. We say... It's fine. Are you saying that that's her performance? Are you saying it's I'm in saying, her performance choice, or is it in the character that I, it that it doesn't fit? I feel like choice. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like maybe. I mean, I could agree with what you. She's saying what she's way over the top, but yeah, and her reaction to shit's fucking totally real. Yeah. Okay. And the way she's freaking out about her kid, it's totally fucking real. I'm just saying, it's a. Uh, it's not on vibe with the rest of the show. It's just up here, and no one else okay. is freaking out nearly as much as she. You know, I mean, she's. It come. It just because the show it, is so mellow-ish. It's like she just comes off a little over the top. But I, yeah, I think that's more of the character though, and not necessarily. I mean, I yeah, think it goes hand in hand I with just, the choice. Just, but yeah. I don't think there's another way. Another way to do it. I. But I yeah. agree with you. It, yeah. it. It is over the top in tone of the rest of the show, but. At the same time, she's, she's a woman to. already having a lot of oh, problems, yeah. got, and she and just lost things, her son. So, yeah, it's totally fine. It's just you know, yeah, just, there are just times I'm like, Winona, come on, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you if don't I, have to be that freaked out. If I were to agree with you on that, I'd definitely have to say it's those moments when she's interacting with the ex-husband. Yeah, that because that that goes from like zero to a thousand in like a second. In those moments when she just freaks out on him, I mean, what he does is the douchiest of douche. Yeah, he's a, he's a douchebag for sure. Yeah, but she just turned on a dime at, at yeah. that moment. And um, it, but then, lastly, like I'll get over it. 
But I'm I'm super bummed out that there's more. Yeah. Is that wrong? Like, uh, it bums me out that there's going to be more than this. I agree. I, no, dude, I totally agree with you. And you're talking to the guy that loves fucking sequels and continuing I on storylines and universes. And I'll get and over stuff. it as soon as it comes. And, yeah, it'll, I'll be and, happy to have more of this awesome yeah, thing. I'll, I'll be the first in line to watch it. At sure. the same time, I'm kind of bummed there's more. I agree, because I just... I just thought the the ribbon on the package was just nice, neat little yeah. bow, and it just just that shot of him putting those waffles in that box and just that hand enough. reach in. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's not force fed to you of like she might still be alive. You know, just that little thing with the waffles. You know, and just just all those little what's that called at the end of a book, like an epilogue? Is yeah. that? Oh, okay. Okay. The show doesn't suffer from uh, a, a, a massive cliffhanger, which either pisses you off or makes you not watch it again. Right. And it was yeah. a perfect story. It, it was a story from start to finish, story. yes. Yep. And that's how these shows need to be because, uh, because it sucks when that happens. And yeah. of course. I like it as a miniseries, yeah. not as. Yeah. It's like it can only be ruined from this point. I mean, not, it's not going to be. It's going to be awesome, but it, <laughs> it will. It can only be degraded from here on out the more you do it. I mean, it's, right. sure. I'm in a way protective. I just, I just like its contained thing. Again, as soon as it comes on, I'll love it. I'll always have this season. <laughs> I don't have to watch anymore. Yeah. I just think in 30 years, somebody's yeah. going to remake it. Yeah, I know. maybe less. 20. I was gonna yeah. say try five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, um, in a couple months it's gonna be a '90s version. Oh god! <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah, or the '90s or TV shows. That's that gonna be horrible. But no, I totally, I'm totally on the same board with Jason. I, I kind of felt like just that was the way to end it, and you know, like you were out, you were good. Yeah. You just made this amazing, perfect little gem. Because I had that moment. I had that moment during one of the episodes where I'm like, "They're gonna end this on a." Maybe it was closer (laughs) to the end because, like, by the time the last episode, yeah, by the time the last episode was coming, I'm like, "There's so much to fucking tie up here. There's so much to tie up. How are they gonna do that?" And I'm like, "There's gonna be a big fucking cliffhanger. I'm gonna fucking punch the TV." You won't do that. You don't want to have to spend money on a new TV. That's true. And I watched it on... Well, I watched it on Jason's TV. Oh, so. no, that's hey. okay, then. Hey! <laughs> Come on, money really bags. You can buy a new one. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Okay, so maybe we should uh, wrap up the... Circle the fest. Now that we've the, wasted the, the entire episode jerk. on... Well, we talked about its flaws. Yeah. <laughs> but it was still a circle jerk. It was. <laughs> As it should be. It's really good. That's right. So that will conclude the discussion on... Yeah, right. Oh, actually, five, real quick, quick you'll be like, yeah, one more it yeah. sounds like the, the band that did the soundtrack, Survive, uh, it sounds uh-huh. like they're going to play the soundtrack live. No. Awesome. And what's funny is... I've been using Spotify at work a lot lately, and I found some playlist, and they were playing Survive, and I was like, oh, I kind of like this. And then, like, a week later, I started watching uh, Stranger Things, and I'm like, oh, I wonder who does this. Holy fuck, it's the band I just discovered. 
Like just nice. really like all their other stuff is really good too. So I urge people to check that stuff out. They're they're good, ju- you know, beyond the TV show too. Definitely, awesome. definitely a good good group. Oh, we we also didn't talk about like, I, maybe we talked shit about Netflix, but we also like need to congrats to Netflix because wasn't the show passed on by everybody? Uh, like Nine 50, network, yeah. I thought it was like fifteen right? to twenty. Was like it? everybody was like, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the real number was, but pretty much everybody said, nope, fuck that. Netflix is like so it's pretty shit. fucking cool. Yeah. And all those know. other networks are like, God, I hate myself right now. Yeah, fucking right. I do. hope they do because you know somebody what? got think... fired. That's what I'm. Oh yeah, I'm lots and lots yeah. of hatches fell that day. Yeah. So why didn't you allow me to hear about this TV show? I just thought you would have been, thought it was stupid, sir. You're fired. <laughs> well, it. it wasn't based on a comic book or yeah, a, yeah. or it wasn't a remake or anything, so we passed. And that's where I think like <laughs> this thing deserves a huge victory, yeah. you yeah. know, because it's it's been a huge success and it's original content. Well, I'm just kinda hoping I would there's a lot of homage. Yeah. Some borrowing, but it's but still it original. It's, it's no. literally not an adaptation of a no. comic book or, or some other form of media. Although Netflix is really cornering the market on that these days too. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jessica I'm Jones, not gonna... Luke Cage, Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that stuff isn't awesome because <laughs> I'm like, so awesome. fucking excited for Iron Fist. He's one of my favorite comic book characters, and I cannot fucking wait for that show to come out. Sorry, yeah. there's a joke in there somewhere about me and you hanging out, but I'm just gonna leave that one alone. Patty cake, patty cake, Iron Fist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dustin, Dustin doesn't know. <laughs> that as a t-shirt man okay <laughs> oh okay so moving on is there any other tv shows besides that uh, one? i don't know really there are lots like what Terry made an awesome list yeah it was an awesome list. yeah <laughs> so jason you watched scream i did watch scream i was gonna say that one I listened to a little bit of it while you were <laughs> while I was doing dishes in the kitchen. I'm just gonna hear part of it. Yeah, it sounded cool. <laughs> like that one episode was nothing but, at least what I heard anyway, was nothing but horror movie references, and that was kind of cool. Yeah. It was a, there was a lot. I heard George Romero's name mentioned, so mm-hmm. it automatically gets a pass in my book. <laughs> I don't even have to see it and know it's awesome. So. It's not enough to have you watch it, but no, no, no. I don't need to. But. Yeah, I watched uh, the Scream series too. The first season, anyway, it's still on air at the moment with season two, I think. But so, and I know you are a pretty big fan of the film franchise of Scream. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts on the TV series of Scream? I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's not a continuation of of the content from. The movies, like, you don't have Sidney Prescott and Woodsboro, and you don't have, um, like, it's not, like, one of her relatives, like... (laughs) It's its own. Yeah, it's, 
it's its own storyline. Like they give you a whole new plot point and they, it's just kind of in a similar vein. Like it's close enough to really, what were you going to say? Oh, super similar. Yeah. It it has the vibe of the movies. It's all, it's well, and like one of the things that scream is scream is famous for is the whole self-referencing. Yeah. It's very, very meta. Uh, lots of horror movie reference, like you were saying. Um, just is a lot of fun. I was really worried because it's an MTV show, and I was a little scared how that was going to be. But really, this one didn't bother me. Um, I thought they did a pretty solid job. And there's a new... Um, I mean, with a new killer comes a new mask, I guess. So it's it's similar to the ghost face mask, but it's its own thing. And I think it's, like, way cooler, to be perfectly honest. And it and it's, has an explanation. Yeah, they explain it. It's not just... Well, I mean, I think in the, the movie series, it was kind of like... It was just the most generic mask you could get. So they kind of blend in sort of a deal, but... Yeah, it has like a whole backstory, and I really, really enjoyed it. I would recommend if you like. Very much in pain. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. And so you said you saw the first season, Terry. Um, you saw the whole first season, Jason. Mm-hmm. What's it currently on right now on on actual TV? Is it two? Is I think two is airing or just finished airing, maybe. Okay. So it's yeah, it's still new, but the whole first season is on Netflix. Cool, cool. You seem to breeze through it pretty fast, Jason. How many? It wasn't probably a ton of ten episodes. episodes. Ten, yeah. Okay. Forty-two okay. minutes. Yeah, it's cool. They have you know the horror movie nerd guy. Yeah. They have a cop sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, uh, to use your words, same tropes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the same tropes. But, you know, if you the were... The fact that I used the word trope is my trope. trope. Yes. If you were a fan of the, the movie series, you know, each movie was, you know, the same thing. Like, they can just keep replaying re- and rehashing those same things and continue on forever if they want <laughs> Which is the thing that always bothered me about the film franchise. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I love the movies, but how many times can this happen to Sydney Prescott before she's like, maybe it's me? <laughs> right. Maybe this is all my fault because like this keeps happening. Right. <clears throat> cool. Yeah, it is cool. I was hoping to check it out, but I didn't get to. So yeah, yeah it's like fun. you know, there's a lot of homage, a lot of meta, a lot of. Horror movie reference stuff that you love and is always fun. Again, I was enjoying what I was hearing. Yeah, it's like that. I kind of wanted to run in and join the conversation. Yeah. And I know MTV has been doing a lot of these. Like, they've really been getting on the horror series train because they did, like, Teen Wolf, which I haven't really watched, but. I've caught a couple episodes and it was just very. Crappy. Teeny bopper. Eh, I I like the first season. Teeny boppery. What? I liked the first season. I thought it was good. Mm. Well, I've only seen a couple episodes, so I'm, it's probably way out of context anyway. But yeah. But with Scream, it's it's like 
trying to figure, you know, trying to figure out who the fuck did it. Who is it? Who's the bad guy? And then it's like, you know, we're everybody ready to drink. You know, it's just a show about red herrings. Yeah. <laughs> really, but. But yeah, it is fun. not. I just another to bring up another show. I just watched through the first season of Scream Queens. If you yeah. want to talk about a red herring show, <laughs> dear God, that show is so bad with that. Like, they they accuse every single person in the freaking cast, basically, mm. of being the murderers. Or now, the, now, what did you think of Scream Queen? Because I was curious about that one, too. Um, yeah, Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee, which, and her character is, like, insane. Like, literally <laughs> Shit, but it's funny. the The show is it's actually supposed to be a comedy horror, yeah. Which you know is worrisome going in because we all know very well that fine line about doing horror comedies well. Yeah. And I think that they don't do very well most of the time. Like, mm, I mean, it's interesting. I uh, there are definitely times where I I. I like physically laugh. Like there are some really good times where they just nail it on the head, but then the mm-hmm. rest of the time I'm just annoyed. Like huh. the red herring stuff, and it's all based. It's all based on a college campus, and it's it's around um, this sorority where there was this um, woman who, or I guess girl who dies in a bathtub during a party at their house by while she's giving birth to a baby like that's the whole setup of it is and that's the revenge like some that's what the the killer or killers are coming back for revenge and all that for that um incident so the whole thing is based in the sorority and you've got um emma roberts who she was actually in the scream four she's in scream four and she oh, yeah. was in um, American Horror Story, the Coven one. She's just, oh my god, she annoys the piss out of me. Like, <laughs> I mean, and her character is supposed to be really annoying, but it's just obnoxious all the time. It's just nonstop obnoxious. But, I don't know. It is... <laughs> it's it was i mean it was it like i said it had its fun moments but i don't know if i would really recommend it necessarily kind of too much okay mike's like phew now i don't have to watch it <laughs> yeah thank god yeah i don't think any any of you guys would like it at all <laughs> there's not even mm-hmm. i mean and it's there's like not nudity or anything either. So. Oh well. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you Fuck go. it. I'm out. <laughs> I checked out. Done. Yeah. All right. Well, what else we got? There's always um, Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh, that show. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't wait for season two. God damn it! Yes. So close. That was wait. one of the few times I think I ever got really excited about hearing something was going to be a TV show instead of a movie. (laughs) Because every time I look at Dread Central or wherever and see some piece of news about Evil Dead 4, it was always 
Sam Raimi giving an interview saying, Ivan and I are just, we're, we, <laughs> we're fed up with people coming up to us at conventions and asking when's Evil Dead 4 going to come out. So we're just going to do it and get it over with. Yeah. And that just be like, wow, mm-hmm. I really don't have any interest at all in seeing that. Because yeah. it's going to suck. There's no fucking way a movie is going to be any good if it's being made by its creators of these beloved movies just out, almost out of spite just to get people to shut up about it. <laughs> but then they said, yeah, no, now sure. it's going to be a TV show. And I thought, okay, now we've got the original you know the creators in a in a production capacity so they can still kind of oversee the tone but we've got this influx of new writers directors actors all these people who i mean at least some of them were i mean i'm sure a lot of them were just coming on because it was a job but some of them the writers at least and the directors had to have been coming on because it was something they loved and were excited about mm-hmm. so now you get this influx of new blood wanting to make something great out of this thing that probably influenced them or it was at least a part of their influence to get into the business in the first place so mm-hmm. now you've got people excited about this project working on it instead of the old fogies going fuck I just want to make another Alice in Wonderland movie or whatever I don't care yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> and and for the most part it worked out I think it dragged a little bit in the middle it kind of lost its way it's you know there was some wheel spinning going on to, to drag out. it out to the full length that it needed to be but oh over, but, but overall <laughs> Hor- horror mouth Horror mouth, yes, I have, I have horror mouth. But yeah, overall, it was fantastic and way better than anything we probably would have gotten from from just Sam and Ivan as an Evil Dead Four. Yeah, very true. Comes out tomorrow on Blu-ray. Awesome! Shit. Come on, payday. Or is already out when you listen to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I agree. The 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 one episode that that felt like it was a waste of time for me it was the whole psychedelic trippy when he was like all chipping out well, it just <laughs> probably it's like tripping out because it involved drugs uh well just because like it it didn't service anything to the story he's just he's he just drugged out he for had. what's that he ain't learned a lesson <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so you love it now here's the thing like the only reason why i don't like that one Shoot is because first. each episode each episode is a half an hour long, so, um, and it feels like fifteen. So, and it does. So, it feels like that episode. It 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 felt like the, you know that precious little time wasted. Now, if I were to watch the whole series in one chunk, then that episode wouldn't bother me. It just it would just feel like another chapter of the of the of the full full feature, I guess you could say. But. Right. Uh, um, so that's that. I'm just that's the only episode that uh, was my least favorite, I guess you could say. But uh, but there's so there was so much great greatness in the whole in the whole thing. Very very awesome. I can't wait myself for the second season. We get to meet Ash's dad. Oh my, oh god. my gosh! Have you seen pictures? Yeah. <laughs> How perfect is oh, that casting? That's actually really creepy. I never really thought about it until they're like, oh, it's going to be Lee Majors. It's like, oh my God, it's dead on. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. It's crazy <laughs> to see the, like, see the pictures of them, like a, a capture from the set. Like, what 
Like, I think there needs to be a DNA testing, because I think... <laughs> no shit! I think Lee and Bruce aren't telling us the full truth here. Does this mean that we're going to get to see Ash fight a possessed Bigfoot that is wearing visible loafers underneath his Bigfoot feet? <laughs> that would be fucking awesome! Well, no, you know it would be awesome if they do it at least once, or they do... Yeah, just as someone tosses Ash's chainsaw that he catches on his stump... They can just play that sound effect. That would be amazing. <laughs> but it'll it will be like some other thing in the room making that noise, and be like, "Well, that was odd." <laughs> It'd be like somebody's phone, like yeah. texting message notification or something. It would be just a really odd reference to it, and they'd be like, "Huh? What the fuck? Why is that?" Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they. Did <laughs> that looks awesome. Uh, um. Now uh, again, I love the series. And from head to toe, it was great. I just always was hoping that they would start this next story in the chapter of Evil Dead um, with starting off with where they left off with Army Darkness. And it feels like they've kind of like, or so far anyway. But which ending? I'm not giving up hope. Well, I'm fine. Personally... Personally, I want the post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic. Yeah. That would be awesome. You know, like freaking Ash in the world of Mad Max. Come on, <laughs> that would be amazing. Evil Dead Fury throw, Road. Exactly, <laughs> and throw Deadites into the mix. It'd be amazing. Um, but I'm okay with that. I would, but I would even have been okay with them with the uh, the S beginning with the S Mart, which is kind of what I thought they were doing. Well, it kind of seemed like. That is where it's starting. It, it, it is. It's just so many years in the future. Two. Are they going to finally well, reference I, it? I want to say that there was a reason why they didn't really yeah. talk about uh, Army of Darkness all that much. I think they wanted to focus on the Evil Dead, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, storyline. And I think they were. Go- I think they're going to reference. I thought I heard that too. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm cool. Not, then. I'm not Good. positive, but I think. But I kind of get what they're going for. Like I know a lot of people that are fans of Army of Darkness were gonna watch the the show, but I think they were trying to more root it at first in the original storyline. So we'll just see what happens, I guess. But and that's cool. And like I hadn't given up hope. I mean, it's not like it's not like they did things in the in the series to completely void Army Darkness. They just hadn't referenced it. Yeah. So I was. So I was still hoping that, okay, well, you know, the show's continuing. Maybe they will still acknowledge that Evil Dead is still part of, or Army of Darkness is still part of the storyline. Um, you know, and I'm not saying it's a deal breaker if they don't ever any, you know, but it, I just waited so long after walking out of the theater seeing the really choppy, shitty um, <laughs> theatrical cut of, of Army of Darkness. Um, walking out of that theater thinking, Oh, that was chopped to shit. And then thinking, I can't wait to see where the story goes from here. And having that thought in my head for the next twenty years or whatever, how long <laughs> ever it's been. And then it's and then there hasn't been references yet. But so hopefully there will be. But again, I don't think it's it's going to ruin things for me if they don't ever do it. But just kind of one of the things I was was hoping for. Lucy Lawless, she was awesome. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Lucy Butt. I'm really. We uh, got to go to uh, Chicago 
What's the name of that? Flashback, flashback. weekend. Flash, flashback weekend. We got to go there. Chase and I were really angry about it. Flashback. <laughs> Fucking flashback. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 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 Terry murders me. Got to meet uh, Ted Raimi there finally. It was only like my third attempt this year. Um, but he knew, he knew you were stalking him. Sure. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Um, and he was awesome. But we went to a Q&A session with him and Jill Marie Jones, who played the cop in season one that, spoiler alert, gets turned into a deadite. And... Hot cop. <gasps> what? Yeah. So she was there, too, and they did Looking a Q&A hot. together. And they, they kind of, they didn't <laughs> talk, delve into the the new season too much, but the little they did talk about. Ash versus Evil Dead got me really excited. So, yeah. oh yeah, do do tell. Come on, share with the rest of us who didn't get the fucking go. No, I mean I don't even really remember. They didn't really give up much specifics. He talked about working with Lee Majors a little bit. Oh, and cool. I don't. Know, do you remember what else they talked about, Jason? Nope. I'm just busy laughing. I know. That's, so funny. That's what I keep. I'm like I can't really remember. He just kept telling he funny us, stories. Yeah. <laughs> It was so funny. Um, <laughs> oh, we talked about how Bruce Campbell used to be his babysitter, and that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Drive him to cello lessons and stuff. Yeah. But anyway. He had a car. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Anything else that anybody wants to bring up about? Ash versus Evil Dead. It's awesome, bloody. Oh, so bloody, mm-hmm. so gory. Love the gore. Give me more. It's a new song you're working on. Yep. Okay. It's my What's memoirs, it? actually. Oh. Okay. What else? What other shows should we talk about? Anybody? I mean, I've got more, but I've already talked a whole bunch. Brian? Can you be too much? Oh, thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, I've just finished watching the second season of Penny Dreadful on Netflix. Oh. That show's really seen... good. Is that good? Yeah, yes. it, it is very good. It's kind of like if, you know, the, uh, the introducing blood and boobs to the Universal Monsters formula that hammer had back in the early 50 or the late 50s and early 60s uh was sort of teleported forward and made into a, a premium cable show i mean I don't, I don't have a ton of backstory information or any any notes or anything on it but i say that it's very very good yeah. plus i've kind of got a thing for eva green she's yeah. well who doesn't she's one of those women who as joe bob briggs would have put it you don't know whether she's gonna kill you or have sex with you and you don't really care <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i've i've seen the first season i haven't gotten a chance to get to the second season yet but i loved it and i think they did season three but i think it got canceled didn't it uh, no they just for- flat out ended it yeah, from oh, what I read, yeah, oh. from what I read, the creator had only ever planned it to be a three-season thing, and then he was done oh, with it. Oh, well, that's cool. Nobody yeah. knew that it was ending until the end of the season three's episode, or the last episode. It just said <sighs> the end, and everybody's like, "Wait, what?" 
Huh? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Did it have a good ending? Apparently, yes. Ending? Apparently, it was very, you know, well done and concise. I haven't seen season three yet, but yeah, it, it ended and the internet, the for the people that cared, the internet exploded. Like, holy <laughs> shit, I can't believe this is, what? How, how dare they end this? But it sounds like it wasn't like on a cliffhanger or anything. It was just the story that they wanted to tell and that was it. Huh. That's kind That's of the way cool. it should be. Yeah. That's respectful. But, you, but what's it about? Yeah. Quickly, you haven't really said other than boobs and <laughs> hammer. Which was and enough boobs, to sell. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. But it's what about like this the story? group of weirdo, supernatural e people kind of team up to like fight in this podcast. Yeah. to fight uh, the things. Yeah, the the. <laughs> fa- <laughs> The father and best friend of Mina Harker team up with uh, Victor Frankenstein and a basically if Buffalo Bill Cody was a werewolf. Yeah. And uh, in in the first season, they're trying to find Mina because she's disappeared. So they're actively like trying to find her while she's in the clutches of the vampires. And then the right. second season. Hmm? Yeah, I was just say let's not neglect to say that this is Timothy Dalton. Yes. Which makes the show like awesome. Yes, James Bond and Rassilon and many other wonderful things, <laughs> um, and uh, and and the werewolf, uh, uh, Josh Hartnett. Um, yeah, I was, I'm blanking on the character's name, but yeah, it's Josh Hartnett who is. Uh, you know, who, who would have guessed that you know when he started out his career as a teenage heartthrob that he would turn out to be like Mister Genre Actor Guy? You know, he's that yeah. Thirty Days of Night, and you know, and he's really yeah. really good as it too. And he really doesn't pop up too much anymore. It doesn't seem like so. It was really no, cool I'm, to see him in that. I don't remember him in anything since Thirty Days of Night, actually. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it really is. Universal monsters with yeah, boobs, and, and, blood. Yeah, yeah, and because that sounds awesome. The guy who plays the Frankenstein monster is probably my favorite of the whole bunch. But uh, he's, I mean, he's so good, and there's so many great little yeah. moments. Like um, at one point, he is, he's sort of out on the street, right, and he gets taken in by this guy who is the sort of mother hen slash lead actor of this Grand Guignol theater. And he decides to, you know, like, you can come in and be our, our stagehand. And it's just, like, the first time he's ever found human acceptance. And through a series of events, he sort of messes up the his ability to have a place there. And they have to kick him out. But at the very last moment when he's in the theater, this this older actor is saying his farewell to this guy who he sort of took in as his protege and just says remember us better than we are and gives him a hug and it's like the first time that this the creature has ever felt human warmth since he's been reanimated and it's it's there are a lot of really really great moments with the frankenstein creature man i'm excited now yeah, yeah now i, now I, I do want to watch it yeah cool yeah that sounds awesome is that on netflix yeah the, the, the first two first seasons two. are I, I don't okay. think the th- well, the third season just recently ended, so it's probably still probably yeah, a, while yeah. be a while for that. Yeah, no great cast. I mean, and they really pull from lots of different. It's like not just Universal monsters. Like they're like you've got a Dorian Gray character, and they kind of nice. pull in a bunch of just kind of cool stuff. 
for sure. And another Doctor Who uh, connection, Billy Piper plays more or less the Bride of Frankenstein. And you lost us again. Love Billy Piper. <laughs> I was so Doctor excited what? to see her on the Ooh. show. No, Terry knows what I'm talking about, so I haven't yeah. lost everyone. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Rose. Anyway, uh, Doctor hey. Who. All right. <laughs> cool. <clears throat> cool. Uh, what about you, Dustin? Do you have any other shows to bring up? I don't know. I'm trying to think of like new ones that have have come out since. Well, you guys, you guys have all watched Fear the Walking Dead. I haven't. That's one. I only have a couple more episodes yeah. on the first season, but yeah, what's all the what's all the downplay for it? Like, I everybody I hear talk about is like, oh, it sucks. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was awesome. It's I really like it's it. like yeah. one of my favorite things about zombie apocalypse is you know what the lead the lead up part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I, you don't get enough of that in the zombie in, in zombie you know films or shows or whatever where where you see things at the beginning of the outbreak and what's great about this is that it's a show so you could do you could draw it out like i want to see a storyline where a zombie where literally zombie outbreak from a to b to c to like five thousand. you know and and that's kind of what this show was doing. Like half the show, it felt like you didn't even see a zombie mm-hmm. until they were until they were in that little community, anyway. Because they didn't really see well, a there zombie, was a few, you know. But... Like so, we were kind of with them. It was just like you just get glimpses, you just enough to be like, "What the fuck's going on?" And then, yeah. So yeah, just discovering what those what is going on and what those creatures are that they're not humans anymore they're zombies blah 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 that's I'm just trying that, to comprehend that yeah to, to a world that doesn't know what a zombie is and yeah which is also why i liked that those oh, what are the name of those movies we talked about on body horror episode can it begins to see brian where it's just where it's just the the girl <laughs> Contagion? And, yeah, Contagion. I wasn't even on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like those movies, um, just because it's, it was such a slow build-up to the, to the zombie apocalypse. I mean, was, that one was literally one person at a time. Um, and so, but the, yeah, the Fear of the Walking Dead, like, like the stuff when they were in that little community was some of my favorite. Well, when they first go... Um, they first go to that to the house, and then the the one woman and the, it's been for as long. It's been a while since I've watched it. Damn, yeah, and I've only seen the it. first season. You've only seen the first season. I've only seen the first season. Yeah. Well, the second season was just this last one that aired, right? It's only they're only no. getting ready to do season three, right? They're halfway through the second. Oh, season. it's on right now. Yeah. That's right because there's the other break. zombie TV show. Yeah. Is yeah the other part of the year? Got it. Okay, I'm I'm caught up. Yeah, it's good. Uh, anybody else on Fear of the Walking Dead? Since I'm rambling incoherently, still haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But I'm I am excited for that outbreak as well. That's always been my favorite part to watch. So need to get it, on that. It's a bold move to have the tone of your show 
be polar opposite of what the reason there's a show. Yeah, I mean, what you spend <laughs> off of. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like we're gonna take everything that you probably don't like about <laughs> zombie movies uh-huh. if you're <laughs> totally into zombie movies and make a show out of it, which happens to be my favorite part is this this outbreak stuff, and. It is being it's successful. I mean, obviously they're making a second season, so people are watching it. It, it is for some of the audience out there. So, I think it's really cool. I like both shows, you know. So, I mean, it's that's just the way I am, I guess. Me too, but I'll admit I'm starting to wear wear out on the actual Walking Dead show. I, mean, I still I still have yet to watch those last couple episodes. Don't spoil season six. And, well, I'm not gonna say anything, but I'm just saying, like, and I'm not like chomping at the bits to see them. It's not yeah. like in, uh, it's not like in years past. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta know, you know. And now it's just like, hey, okay, I'll get to it. And then like, I'm not even that fired up for season seven. Why? I'm not saying I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not saying I'm not going to enjoy it. At the same time, oh, though, it just I'm just a little burnt out. Is all I'm saying. Well, why? Because it's been. Six years of like just, just basically this movie's too long. Yeah, it's too long. <laughs> of Daryl Dixon's stupid emo haircut, and who the hell has time to get their hair styled in the goddamn zombie apocalypse? Ryan, Ryan. I, I really <laughs> since I'm John with you, tapped I out, I somebody has to be the voice of dissent, <laughs> and I hate that show. And you talking about oh, you too, uh, okay. And you guys talking about how Fear the Walking like I just writ. I, I'd written that off because I don't like the main show. But you guys talking about how they took everything that you would want to see in the main show and put it in that kind of makes me want to check it out now because maybe I would actually find something to enjoy. Yeah, and you don't have to worry. There's not going to be um, normies clamoring to the convention to get the autographs of the guys from Fear <laughs> the Walking Dead. So. That's true. That's very true. Like they're not going to they like if they have they go to a convention. There will be no line for these people. <laughs> well, see, so are, do you think that maybe, you know, The Walking Dead is geared more toward quote-unquote normies, whereas Fear of the Walking Dead is kind of a reach to, like, legit horror fans to draw them in? I don't know how I would describe it, to be, on- to be honest, because if you would have told me well, six years ago that there was going to be a show that featured zombies and... I don't think The Walking Dead's geared towards normies. I just think it's it just been a strange up. phenomenon yeah. that it's become a widespread thing. Well, and I mean, really, I would honestly attribute most of these new shows that we've been talking about to The Walking Dead. They, like, created this horror TV phenomenon that we're, like, writing out right now. It's kind of crazy. I, I can't yeah, disagree and, with you. And I, I, think, I think you're totally right. I think a lot of it's just, I, it's like, I want to, you know, it's, it's fun to pick on normies. <laughs> but I think, I think what it did is what horror did to us. I don't know. I was just, oh, sure. like, uh, Terry was hanging out this weekend and we saw your horror hound out there and... I got, and she hadn't, I asked her, she'd seen a lot of horror magazines, she hadn't, and then I, but then I went to like super nostalgia mode myself, and I was just like, but, it, and I was like, this is, this was like porn to us as a kid, because, <laughs> not for that, Brian, 
but because of but because it was so taboo and so like you're seeing bodies ripped apart in these magazines and we've never seen that before i I was actually laughing out of agreement because i remember you know (laughs) when i was a kid my mom was my mom worked at a bank and so i'd go and hang with her for the the half day she had to work on saturday at the bank every few weeks because then she'd be my ride to the comic book shop where i'd buy Fangoria and like try to not show what was in it on the way home so uh-huh. she didn't see it while I was reading like oh my god like it totally was it was it was you know and at first, horror it, porn it, to a to a like it, yeah. it made me feel weird to look at this stuff <laughs> right not, not that not that kind of weird I just I mean, you yeah, it made you feel real funny like, like when you were climbing the rope in gym eh in my pants but in, but it's just like this. But am I supposed to be seeing this? This is so graphic. Kind of taboo no, kind of not. thing. Yeah. Or is it like, why am I enjoying this when like, this, this is, is like so disgusting? Right. But And so I think a version of that is why The Walking Dead worked. Because this thing finally was available to the mainstream audience. And a lot of people were like, whoa. Well, I agree with you in the fact that I appreciate the show and the fact that I can deal with... I can deal with 50 normies um, bumping elbows with me at a horror convention, you know, clogging up the lines, <laughs> if that means that there was two of those normies that are now hardcore horror fans because of watching Walking Dead and that opened up their world to something that they hadn't seen before and they're exploring deeper and deeper into the genre. If I get two of those out of those 50, then I I say, hooray, let's keep this show going. I think this uh, episode is a testament to how that's worked, you know, and there are a lot more horror TV shows and the movies, the genre itself, plenty of horror movies are coming out. And again, I know, I know Walking Dead is really saturated in our, in our culture and in our media and, and even in the stores, but I would have killed back in 1989 to be able to walk into a Walmart and buy a freaking zombie t-shirt or a zombie keychain or zombie action fucking figures. Are you kidding me? And and that's if that is the purpose the show is serving, then I'm I'm still not going to watch it. But I'm behind. I I like that idea because because it's going to open those doors to a lot of younger fans. The problem I have with it is not the fact that there are you know, normies coming into our genre. It's the fact that I was really excited for that show when it first came out. Oh my God, this is the first real hardcore horror thing that's going to be on TV for you kill for, for you. Yeah. First episode. Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. problem with it is the fact that it's just a shitty show and it didn't yeah. used to be. And that's what pissed me off mm. because that first season was so goddamn good. And then AMC realized they had a massive hit on their hands and they could make more money if they got rid of the guy who was costing them the most, and that was Frank Darabont. And apparently he was the only goddamn person on that show who knew how to write. And the second season was just a bunch of assholes bickering in a barn for fucking 10 episodes. Oh my God, Uh that pissed me off. And I gave up on it. I came back partway through, I think, was it? towards the end of the second season or the beginning of the third, I don't remember when they were going to have a clutch song in the episode. Cause clutch is my favorite band. 
And so I tuned into the episode, like, okay, cool, I'll stick with this for a little bit, and watched it a little while longer, and I felt like I was just punishing myself. Like, why am I sitting through this god-awful 45 minutes of people bickering and two minutes of cool monster stuff? Like, I have a thousand other movies on my shelf I could be watching that will supply me with the horror fix I need, and I won't have to pick to put up with these fucking frat boy jock douche bro testosterone fueled assholes <laughs> arguing with each other all the time. <laughs> Sorry, it just that show is really, really badly written. That's what ruined it for me, and that's why I don't like it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I can see where you're coming from. I still enjoy most of the episodes. Uh, I I still I still liked season two quite a bit. I mean, again, yeah, you're right. Half the season was just them sitting around talking, but it had the longest lasting suspenseful cliffhanger out of any media I've ever fucking seen. You waited a whole season to find, figure out if they find that little girl and then she's fucking dead anyway. And then I thought that was awesome. That, that was whole reveal. And I was fine with them waiting a whole goddamn season to, 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 to give me that gut punch because that made that gut punch all the more painful. But, uh, um, I, I, you know, yes, there's, there's those episodes where there's very little zombies, very little, um, chaos and mayhem. But when that stuff does happen, it's still, it's still worth it. And I get suckered into the characters. I have those moments where it's like, Oh, they're finally in a safe place and everything's good. Let's just get an episode where they're playing cards. You know, yeah. let's just let's just breathe a little let's, bit, can't we? I, I don't need so. it all to be zombies and mayhem. That wasn't my point. It was sure, the fact yeah, that all of the character stuff was just bickering. It was like all of the writers after Darabont left and they were lacking his direction decided that good drama meant people arguing and just constant conflict. And then they killed that old dude. Was his, Glenn was his name? The older no, older uh, guy who uh, was also in... Uh, Dale. Da- Dale. Dale. There that's, you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's when I first quit the show, was that episode. Yeah, like, yeah. I really... That was, like, the last character that I gave a damn about because he was the only one who's like, guys, let's stop arguing and try to survive. And then you just got deputy quarterback and Sheriff Nickelback fighting over everything, and I don't <laughs> care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, no, I totally get where you're coming from, Brian. I totally, I totally get it, and I agree. And you know, and there's just those moments, even still today, with the show where it's just like, oh, there's just too much human conflict, and that just puts, just, just puts me on so much edge to the whole thing that I just, I need a breather. I need a breather, whether it be some zombie action or just, or they just hang out and sing show tunes together or something, anything. You know, and that's where I that's where I kind of start getting burnt out because it's like every episode just puts me, just makes me tense and puts me on edge, and I get a little, I just get a little tired of it. You know, I think six years, I I paid my dues. (laughs) Now I'm not going to say because I, I this is almost the exact same argument I think I made before season six even started, and then when, and then when it finally um, is is presented to me in a, a much easier format than watching it on AMC every week, then I fucking marathon it and I can't get enough of it again. 
But now I've had a break again, and I'm back to where I don't care anymore. <laughs> so I know I'll get suckered back in with season seven. You know, I know I will, and that's fine. I just, but I, I, I reached my, I reached my moments. You know, and I've given up on the comic book. I was a really avid reader of the book too, and there's, there's one moment that just, it, I just was like, okay, I've had enough of this. It's just. It's too much pull on the uh, emotional chains, and I'm done. I mean, I had to follow through to figure out the resolution, but uh, once that once that plot line was resolved, I'm like, okay, and I'm putting the books away, and I'm just done. And that was the last time I ever. I think the the last uh, trade of the comics that I read was the one where they were in the prison too, which went very differently from what what oh, little yeah. I saw of the show in the prison. Um, yeah. Well, and, I lasted a lot longer with the books than you did then. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not like I'll never pick them up again. It's just not something that I buy, but my brother-in-law really likes them, so I'll just borrow them from him occasionally. So maybe I'll pick them up and, and check some more out. But, um, yeah, it just comes down to a lot of the stuff just feels like 40-year-old reheated Romero leftovers. And I just as soon <laughs> watch Day of the Dead. Well, yeah, definitely me too. Like... Let's do that right now. Let's watch Day of the Dead right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what about you, Jay? Because you've had an on-again, off-again love affair with the show. Yeah. I'm the first fucking guy who wanted to quit the show. The day that Dale died, <laughs> I fucking quit. And then quit every hard. fucking friend of mine's like, no, don't quit. And then I'm like, all right, I'll come back. So I came back, and then they all fucking quit like assholes. <laughs> And left me it with this fucking show that I've wanted to quit ever since. And that's the fucking show. I I hate the show, but it's not, you know, it's fine. I just, my, my thing's personal, and I just, I hate it because... People die. It's, well, there is zero relief. Yeah. Yeah. There is, you want a breath of fresh air, but it will never come because it can never come. And that's the inherent problem with the show for me. Yeah. And, like, in a way, a different way of saying what Brian said, I have enough uh, shit to think about that's not positive, that I don't need this. Uh, show in your entertainment as well, yeah. In, yeah, <laughs> like it's one hundred percent negative, with no possible good ending ever. That's right. And I just fucking don't need that. And like that's not entertaining to me. Uh, and every you know, every single at the end of every single episode, I want to kind of jump off a bridge. Yeah. So why the fuck should I watch it? Let me quit already. Quit looking at me when you say that. Well, you were one of them. <laughs> Maybe back then? No, I don't think I was. You were. You and Nick were the two big ones that made me stay with the show after Dale. Well, you and can't then call you both me one of the quit. assholes that quit, because I... No, you came back there. too. We all come back, but I just... Yeah. <laughs> I just... It's but, just no fun to watch the show. But I know writing you. excluded, gore excluded, yeah. all the cool things about it. Nothing. They can't do anything cool enough to make up for how shitty I feel 
when it's over. So that's my problem with The Walking Dead. I give I love I love that the normies love it and have an end to horror, yeah. whatever it takes. You know, I wished <laughs> we couldn't have imagined in a million years we could have seen anything like this on TV. Yes. So I'm for that. I love it. I love all those things that it's done for the genre. It's just too hard on me. And I know you. I mean, I've known you forever, <laughs> and I know that is the type of storytelling that you don't like. Like, you hate those movies, even if it's in a comedy where the main character can never catch a break. Yeah. You hate that hate stuff. It. So, yeah. In I'm comedies, actually surprised you keep coming back to Walking Dead. Well, it's because you make me watch it. I don't make... You made me watch this past season. Well, if I had to watch it, you had to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm done. You heard it. <laughs> uh, so, now that we're all kind of starting to shit on Walking Dead... Uh, Dustin, Terry, do you guys have anything you want to add about Walking Dead? You guys haven't said much about the actual Walking Dead. Um, it's okay. I'm pretty far <laughs> behind, like, everybody. I'm, like, still on season four. Like, um, I've watched through season five. That's as far as I've gotten. And it took me a while to get through season five. But I felt like there was more content that I was enjoying. I don't know. I just want to watch season six because I know Jeffrey Dean Morgan's in it, and that's enough of a reason for me to want to watch it. But that's about all I'm running on at the moment. <laughs> not yeah, I'm not like dying to watch it. I just so many of my coworkers watch it, and they don't ever shut up about TV shows. So I just want to watch it so they don't spoil it for me before I get to see it. Because <laughs> then I'll hate them more. There's one. There was one thing. There was a. There was one thing that, uh, like, and I'm going to talk about the books here for a minute, <laughs> which I know drives Jason crazy. Um, that's a pet peeve of his. When well, that's not how they did it in the comics. Well, we're not reading the comics to each other. We're watching this TV show. So shut the fuck up about the comics. <laughs> and then if we're talking about the comics, then let's talk about the comics. What so, you're doing? So I'm talking about the comics for a minute. And there's there's one there's one story that I read, and it was kind of an offshoot story. It wasn't part of the actual series. And then once I read that, I re- that should have been the moment where I realized it's like. I should quit because this is never going to be. Is, there's never going to be any happiness in this in this story. Um, one of the darkest, one of the saddest stories I ever read, and I don't know when it was um, published because again, it wasn't part of the actual series. Um, the company that puts out Walking Dead, I can't remember their name right now. Um, Image. They. It, oh yeah, it, it is yeah. Image. Okay. Um, one year uh, earlier in Walking Dead's run, um, they had some kind of like Christmas special issue, where it was like a bunch of short stories from the different different um, books in their uh, in their line, and and one of the stories was a story from Walking Dead, and it was this wonderful, cute little story between Morgan and his son, um, and how like. Um, they're trapped in that house and there's zombies outside and everything is bleak and it's Christmas time and Morgan finds his son um, like an old Game Boy in some games. And it was such it's such a cute little story and again, not any big zombie mayhem or anything like that. But what really saddened me about it is I read that story 
way after I knew what happened to Morgan's son. <laughs> and so reading that story just just was like total tearjerker because you know what was going to happen to the poor kid. And this is like touching little Christmas moment between father and son knowing that what things are just going to be horrible for for both of them so but it's the lack of little moments like that that is the big part of the reason i don't like the show like that i you know i haven't read that far into the into the comics either but like that that's fantastic if they would even yeah. do one episode of the show like that i would probably start watching it again because it's like oh they've discovered how to tell a good story yeah, absolutely, and I agree. Um, the thing that the thing that I and I don't know if this is true or not, but I still I think that story was written after knowing. Oh, so after, it's like you know, intentionally manipulative of your emotions, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, because I, I I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure. Otherwise, I don't see what service it would would serve. Um, just that little moment, but beyond that, like you know what happens to Morgan and his son pretty early on in the line of the books anyway. So I have a feeling that that, that little story happened after the death of his son. Um, and, and I'm just like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Sucks. Anyway, but so yeah, image does a lot of really great stuff that I realize has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but they do some great yeah. horror books. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, yeah. Nowadays they do great stuff. They weren't, uh, what spawn really that amazing in their inception. No, they were not. They have a thing called, uh, it's going right now called spread, which I believe is in their second, like arc worth of stuff, which is basically a lone wolf and cub in a post-apocalyptic world where the apocalypse was caused by John Carpenter's the thing. Oh, fucking cool. What? Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> that sounds awesome. What's it called again? Spread? Spread, yeah. Okay. I may have to check that out. No, um, you know, like, Image was definitely part of the downfall of comics in the Wild 90s. Wild Kids. Yeah, yeah. I watched Go the to, shit yeah. out of that cartoon. <laughs> Fuck Wildcats. Fuck Gen 13. The only, the only good book out of that original line... Well, I'll give you Savage Dragon. I like Savage Dragon. But the Max. The Max was, like, fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, that was a good book and the, an amazing cartoon amazing. on MTV. But, uh, but the rest of that lineup... You know, you know it's shitty when you go to, like, quarter bins at the comic book store and half it's of the boxes, like, image. early image yeah. stuff. So, Also, uh, the Luther Strode trilogy and... Um, Hack Slash. Those are both. Yes, Hack Slash is really great. good. Um, they almost, they almost had an issue where that where um, Jason Voorhees was going to show up, but I think they had some licensing issues, so they kind of made up their own character. Well, they've done book. crossovers so. with Chucky, Reanimator, and uh, Army of Darkness. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, since we're on comics, um, <laughs> did you, uh, Brian, did you ever read the um, Ash, uh, Freddy vs. Jason vs. Um, Ash You know, I, I did not. I actually really, really liked it because I thought they did a really good job of trying to tie in as much of the mythology from, the, from all three franchises and find the connections. Because, you know, there's that one little tiny silly moment in Jason Goes to Hell where... Um, they have the Necronomicon from Evil Dead have, on the counter, yeah. 
Yeah, and they made that a big plot point in the comic book. Really? Oh, that. Yeah. I, I hope there's a trait of that floating around somewhere because I had to check that out. Well, they also have the uh, the the uh, crate from Creepshow, the creature in it from the Arctic Expedition, oh. in the basement, yep. and Jason goes to hell. Yeah. Yep, and then and then the um, not the monkey bars. I forget what that thing's called, but the the the, the jungle, jungle the gym, from jungle gym from the birds. Oh, yeah, yeah. birds of psycho. Sorry. But the book's good. That was one of like I'm talking about. The, I know it's out there. It's just one of those things that I never did pick up. I loved yeah. that first one, and then they did a sequel to it. Um, I forget the name of the sequel. I mean, it's Ash or it's Jason versus Freddy versus Ash something something, and that one I didn't I didn't care too much because then it was like this government conspiracy involved in uh, it, and the only cool thing I'm sure it's, well I'm sure that first series sold a ton of issues because of all the oh, name yeah. recognition and they said, oh my god we're gonna make so much money we got to make a sequel and then they rush it out and it sucks so many movie tie-in comics are terrible. Yeah, I think that's what happened. The, the best thing I thought that came out of the sequel is there was a moment where, um, I, can't, I can't remember, maybe it was Ash and whatever character that was following around him around in the book that he saved or something, ended up in a support group for survivors of Jason and Freddy. So it had Tommy <laughs> Jarvis there. Nice. It had um, Alice from Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. It had Tina from Friday 7. So that was fucking cool, and they're they're at this like almost like an AA meeting for um, Jason and Freddy survivors. That was just kind of funny. Those little moments are the things like you can tell, you know, the writer really cared, but they were rushed, and they just tried to cram something in that you know, like okay, I got to tell this story and I got to tell it quick, but I got to throw in some little thing that's gonna make some little nugget. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Um, so, maybe we should have done an episode on comics. <laughs> you want Not TV to. shows. Yeah. Or I could tie it in to TV shows by bringing up um, Freddy's Dead, or um, Freddy's Nightmares and Friday 13th series. What? We did that you already. Ta- oh, yeah. We talked about that <laughs> on episode 18. <laughs> that the original wow, that was a long TV time show ago. episode? Yeah, that was the original one. 18, and this is going to be what, Jason? 111. (laughs) Almost 100 episodes ago. When I saw the list of verboten topics that were covered the last time, I was like, oh, it's all the TV horror that I actually like. Crap. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to find it's pretty, to it's pretty scatterbrained, the old episode is. It's just all over the place. And it's okay if you want to bring any of those up, because other than Jason and myself, it's a completely new crew. I don't think you were on that episode, were you, Dustin? Um, so that's, does that no. even predate you? I he thought wasn't. I remember being on it, but maybe it's just because I listened to it. <laughs> I get confused on which ones I'm on and which ones I'm not on. Sometimes I forget I'm, I'm listening. Like I'm on the show right now, and I forget that I'm on the show. Like I think I'm just listening to you guys. <laughs> awesome. It's been a while. I'm sorry. Cobwebs are going away. <laughs> it's cool, man. It's cool. So, yeah, I mean, you can bring up any of those other shows. It's been long enough and uh, different perspectives, too. Well, I, so. Okay, I'm not going to talk about the whole series, but Masters of Horror – Cigarette yeah. burns. That's one of my favorite things John Carpenter ever did, and I'm counting all of his storied movie career. I fucking love that episode. Wow, that I mean, it's great. That yeah. reaches right down into my soul. Like a buddy of mine and I took a road oh. trip years and years ago, and I, I remember 
I didn't have cable at the time, so I was just buying the DVDs singly as they came out so I could see these Masters of Horror episodes. And when I got cigarette burns and I took it home and watched I'm like, oh my god, I have to share this with all of my friends because we are all that Norman Reedus character. I mean, none of us are lucky enough to work at a movie theater programming our own schedule, but we all have that drive to search for the next furthest thing you know we've all seen cannibal Mm -hmm. holocaust we've all seen at this point now serbian film stuff like that you know and so my buddy and i when we were driving back on this road trip i had this great discussion sparked by talking about cigarette burns about how far would we go like how you know if we were in some creepy little bodega kind of place and somebody said hey, no you, you're looking at all these weird movies out in the on the main floor but i have something to show you come in the back and you knew it was bad news you fucking knew that you were gonna regret doing it would you do it anyway because you knew that it was just another level down that you could dig to the bottom of that cinematic exploitation barrel and find something that would absolutely blow your mind and shake your soul. And we kind of both agreed that, yeah, we'd probably do it and we'd regret it, but it would be worth it. And that's what that episode of that show, I guess, represents to me is my needing to find the next thing that will shock me because I'm so desensitized to the more mainstream gore and horror and stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that is a great one. I love that one. That whole first season was pretty much all gold. I can't think of a a bad one in a bunch. And the Mick Garris one was kind of poo. Which one was Mick Garris's? Chocolate. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. But, like, Sick Girl, uh, that one... Uh, <laughs> yes. That one's great. I'm, I'm a... Um, oh, I just forgot now. I had another one in my head. Um... Oh, oh! My favorite from that season has to be Argento's uh, Jennifer. Yeah, I fucking Based love on Jennifer. The classic Bernie Wrightson comic. Yeah, and it felt really comic booky to me. Yeah. I thought it was a great representation of like, of of uh, of Bernie's art and and um, the whole horror comics of, of from that era. Mm. Fucking love that one. And then, um, did you ever see Takashi Miike's Imprint. unaired one? Imprint. Yep, looking at the Imprint. DVD on my shelf right now. <laughs> Yep, I've got it too. Yeah, yeah. so good. And that's that's a show like, you know, I've talked about this before. My my kids both like horror stuff. My daughter much more so, and so that's kind of something she and I bond over. And I've showed her the Fair Haired Child, and we've watched that many times because that's one that's like you know, being that the show was on was it Showtime? You yeah. know, there's a lot of sexual stuff and really kind of some graphic things. And I so you know, that's kind of where I draw the line with watching stuff with my kids, and. uh but yeah, Fair Haired Child is one that doesn't have any of that, so she really loves that one, and uh, she's been wanting to watch the uh, the Black Cat episode. Who did the Black Cat one? Uh, God, no, I can't remember. Was that Stuart Gordon? Uh, Jeffrey Combs plays Edgar Allan Poe. I know that, so I. Pre- oh, so that was second season. Yeah, because yeah. the one from first scene was season was um some, Dreams uh, in the Witch Dream, House, Dream, the Lovecraft Dreams adaptation, the which is so yeah. good. That's that's another one we should probably. Oh, Don Casarelli's um, something on a mountain incident, side or whatever. Incident on and off a mountain road. Yep, loved that one. Yeah, and and that's another one. It would be absolutely perfect to watch with the kids, except for the rape scene. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's got uh, Angus Scrim in it. It's got. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, it's based on a um, 
uh, I'm blanking on the author's name. This guy who yeah. Bubba Hotep. Um, Joe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ah, what's his name? It's Joe something or other. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of the name either. Now, he wasn't the same author. No, that was a different guy who wrote... Um, oh, shit. Uh, I'm getting tired. I can't remember anything right now. <laughs> Don Castorelli's last film. Um, uh, John Dies, John at, dies the at the End. Yeah, John Dies at the End. That's not the, that wasn't the same author, no, was no. it? I think Joe it Lansdale. Joe R. Lansdale. That's the guy. Oh, yeah. Off, okay. Runner off Mountain Road. No, that was a different guy who wrote John Dies at the End. I wish Don Castorelli would do more films, especially with like the stuff he's chosen since you know over the past several years for projects because he picks interesting interesting things to make films out of like Bubba Hotep and and John dies at the end he just finds the weirdest shit and and just attaches himself to it and love it but i mean that's kind of always been Don Casarelli i guess but the man just needs to make more movies in general yeah. Or he needed to make more movies. I know he's getting older too. Mm-hmm. Probably doesn't want to, but Pick Me Up, yeah. that's another great one. The uh uh Larry Cohen episode with Michael Moriarty. The yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. dueling serial killers in Feruza Balk. What'd you think of Landis's films? Um like Dear Girl was meh, but I really liked Family a lot. Yes, with, um, with uh, George Wynn. Yeah, I was going to say Norm from Cheers. I couldn't think of his name. But yeah, that one was really good. Yeah, Dear Girl was just kind of okay. But uh, yeah, Family was, was really good. And Joe Dante's, um, oh, the dead one that he did in the first season, the zombie one. Yeah, the, the, uh, I can't think of the name of it either. But it's the one where like they come, it, it's kind of like uh, the uh, the old movie Death Dream. Uh, Bob Clark's yep. movie Death mm-hmm. Dream is kind of the same theme, where the soldiers come home from the war. Uh, at, you know, with they're the dead soldiers come home from the war with, but they're given a voice so they can say like, "Look, these horrible people sent us to die yep. for their cause," and it was a lie. I liked I like that one, but they re- he really beats you over the head with the message. Yeah, a little <laughs> like, bit. <laughs> it's more message than than um, than story in that one. Really, it feels like. Because it didn't really, if if I remember, it really didn't seem to go anywhere. Yeah, his his sec- he did the Screwfy solution in the second season, didn't he? So I think that one is a little think, better. Yeah, I think so, but I still haven't seen that one. That was the um, one where so the, still- the aliens decide that like humanity needs to go away, and they're going to take us out, kind of in the same way they do with uh, that we take care of. Uh, pest insects or will genetically engineer a sterile yeah. sterile generation of males. I did see that one. Yeah, okay. I remember it now. I just I know there's some from season 2 I still haven't seen. Um I never I never did see You Scream Ice Cream that I the, <laughs> the one with the, William Forsythe is the deformed ice cream man. That one is pretty good. I mean it's That's it's the just the only inter- one I've seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that one is just kind of entertaining cheese. I mean there's there's yeah. no real underlying seriousness to it, but it's a lot of fun. As far as anthology shows go, that is that was one of the best I thought, had, yeah. and had so much potential. Was so bummed it only got the two seasons. Yeah, well, it it did get renewed for a sort of third season called Fear Itself that was on NBC. Well, yeah, but and it got moved to NBC, and it was just a watered down right. mess. And that's 
that kind of brings up a point that I wanted to make about horror TV in general, because I, I kind of felt like I wasn't going to have a lot to contribute tonight because I don't watch a lot of horror TV, because it tends to be fairly toothless due to the nature of its medium. It can't be super gory. It can't have really twisted topics, especially on network TV. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. once, the pre- once the premium cable channels got into the original content game, that kind of changed, like we were, you know, before we were talking about Penny Dreadful, and then you've got The Walking Dead and stuff like that. And horror also works best when it's quick and punchy. You don't see a lot of two-and-a-half-hour-plus horror epics like you do with fantasy or science fiction. Even your, your slower-burn horror movies, like uh, you know, recently the thing that springs to mind, I guess, is Starry Eyes, but that kind of stuff. Oh, they're, yeah. Uh-huh. They're great. I love that kind of stuff, but they don't still even generally run much over an hour and 40 minutes. You know, typically about 90 minutes is your your time. And the longer you drag it out, the more the seams kind of start to show. The more you need something to fill it in, you kind of get your, your writers spinning their wheels and just kind of padding out the time. And it loses its power to frighten or to, to disturb you, even if it manages to stay interesting. Um, and that's why I like anthology shows and, and even like Monster of the Week type shows better yeah. because each episode is like a mini movie and the more limited the time frame for an hour long episode it requires the storytelling to be more efficient and the you know the creators got to get in and get out and kind of punch in the face with it and i think that works a lot better than it does with the big long story arc stuff have i'm curious have you ever seen a uh, hannibal i have not okay well <laughs> As far Jason, as Jason, you just watched it. Yeah, it's good. It's it, well, it's it's an NBC show. First of all, you wouldn't fucking know it. <laughs> no, you would not. It's Holy gory gore. as fuck! It is insanely gory, like, like disturbing. Yeah, <laughs> like to fuck yeah, it is. Uh, it's some of the most creative gore I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, and the I mean, I think that the format kind of lends itself well to the arc, at least in the first season, because I wasn't a huge fan moving on past the first season, but that first season was done so well. Like it was just really, really solid stuff. And I can't believe that it's, it was on NBC. I'll have to Mm -hmm. check that out. Is that on any of the streaming services currently, or am I having to go rent the discs? um, It's on the Amazon streaming I, I had a free time, so I'll just go yeah. pay for it at the video store. <laughs> I, st- I still yeah. like to support those from time to time. Yeah. No. Even yeah, if it is too. just fucking family video, it's still nice to be able to go into a <laughs> store full of movies and rent something. So maybe I'll go check out Hannibal Season 1. Yeah, Season 1 is awesome, for sure. Yeah, And Family Video does have Don't Look in the Basement 2. Uh, so. Shut oh. up. And they have a porn room. <laughs> Yay! Anyway. <laughs> yeah, they do. I used, what? I, I used to work at a family video, is what I was getting at. <laughs> Ours doesn't have a porn room. That's bullshit. They <laughs> all did. Does it, Jason? What? Do you, what? <laughs> I thought, I thought Confirm. Was, Confirm. I, thought, I, have, I have the internet. Why do I need a porn <laughs> Why does anybody need one? But I thought that was kind of the reason they still existed. That any physical video stores still existed is that you go in and you know go in the little back room and it's funny in the one in ours it's like there's this little hallway in the back of the store uh-huh. where you kind of walk through a, a gap in the new release section and to your left is the bathrooms and to your right is the porn room 
and oh, you, yeah. you don't need the key to get into either. So I kind of wonder how many times some little kid is like, Mom, I need to go pee, and walked back and just <laughs> took the wrong turn. <laughs> it was like, uh-huh. oh, my God, what the hell is all this? And then he comes out, it's like, yeah, I don't have to pee anymore. <laughs> uh, gross. Yeah, so, um, no, like, the uh, the Real Reason family video still exists is because they're they're uh they're more into real estate than the actual video market. If you notice like there's no family video that's in a standalone building by itself, there's always something attached to the building. They own the property and then they rent out that other space and that's where they make a lot of yes. their money. The art mm-hmm. ours is in a little like a mini strip mall that is family video, uh like a some kind of paint store, a tanning station and a little Caesars. And and the little Caesars in the family video do like cross promotion stuff all the time. Or like, you know, come buy a pizza yeah. and you get a free rental kind of thing. So I wow, I never that didn't occur to me before. I mean you could confirm that, Terry, right? What? That's that's really how they exist still, right? Um the- I mean ours in town there hasn't been a business next door to it for like Three years. 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 More than <laughs> that. Because there was a pizza place next to it that went out of business, and it's been gone, and they haven't filled it with anything. Really? I just remember one time I interviewed with them, and the guy doing the manager doing the interview told me that 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 they they have two they have two different rental businesses. They have their video and gaming rental, and then they have the real estate. So. Yeah, they they have a lot of offshoots. I think that in some areas of the country, they have like. Um, internet service and tanning, and they have a whole bunch of different things that keep them afloat. Now that makes sense because when I was in college, I worked at a uh, a Movies America, which is kind of a similar chain. I think they might be gone now, but we had tanning yeah, beds and gone. stuff, and I had to do a like a tanning certification, which basically <laughs> meant that which basically meant that I had a license to go in and scoop the tanning lotion slime out of the bottom of the fucking <laughs> bed. <laughs> it was uh, disgusting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I I have some bitter feelings towards the strip mall that our current family video is in because that paint shop that I mentioned is in the space that used to be occupied by this fucking amazing bakery, like the best bakery we have ever had in this area. It was an independently owned thing called Ordi's Danish Bakery, and they had the best pastries ever. And then they got flooded out, and they didn't have flood insurance because why the fuck would you have flood insurance in Iowa? On living like on the top of a hill, like there was nothing there, but we had this horrible flood. Anyway, I sorry, I'm derailing things now, but I'm <laughs> this was like ten years ago, and I'm still angry about losing this bakery. <laughs> Must have been really good. It really was. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No, that's all right. It's great. Good stuff. Um, so we should we start wrapping up? You think? Or is there any shows that we feel like we really got to get off our chest? Because we really haven't dug into too many. We we have to at least mention Bates Motel. It's really good. Which I think we've talked about it before. I always do as much yeah. as I can. But it's awesome. It just needed an honorable mention. And yeah. American Horror Story, I guess. A lot of people really like that show. I'm still pretty torn on it, but... Still how many seasons? What? Never seen an episode. Yeah, me neither. But how many seasons have you seen? Because it's like I just summer summer hits and summer misses. Yeah, so. well, that's the thing because it's almost like each one's like a little mini series sort of a thing. 
But anymore, they've kind of started bleeding together for me. I've watched through, like, I just recently watched season four in prep for this, which was the freak show one. Which is the one I want to see. And it, it was okay. Like, it, it, I think I liked it more than I liked the seasons two and three. <laughs> Season one was really good. Like, the Murder House one. I think that's the one that a lot of people kind of like, oh, yeah, that was really awesome. And then since then, it just sucks. But <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I keep watching it, I guess, so it can't be completely awful, but... Eh. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, one of these days I still want to give it a shot because I've not seen a single episode. But um, has anybody watched um, The Strain? I watched the first episode this past week, and you know it suckered me. And I'll probably continue it. But has anybody else watched it? Nope. I watched the first season as it was on. I ha- I haven't watched oh, yeah? any more of it since. It was decent, I guess. I mean. Yeah, okay. I, I watched it because of Guillermo del Toro's name, but he's just a producer, so he doesn't have yeah. that much to do with it. Well, I thought it was based off of a. I thought the whole thing was based off a book he co-wrote or something like well, that. Yeah, or, I think it was one yeah. of the, he created the mythology and somebody else wrote it. Yeah, that's basically what it was. Is he wrote kind of the outline and then, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Chuck Hogan. I want to say, Chuck. Sure. A- anyway, yeah. The, so, so he hired this sort of. Uh, career paperback original novelist guy to to uh, medical thriller Robin Cook wannabe type guy to to fill in the the lines and I've, I haven't read any of the books but yeah the first episode of the or the first season of the show was uh, okay but I haven't caught up anymore what what season are they on now three I think so yeah yeah. Yeah, and that's why I chose. That's why I that was I was like, this is gonna be the one I watch, and then I only got through the first season, the first episode, because um, because of the Del Toro connection. So, um, like out of the list, I'm like, which one should I watch? Which one should I watch? Um, but I didn't get very far. But I'll probably keep watching it just because I started. So, I uh, just see. To- give another honorable mention i haven't actually watched the whole a full season of this because when i started it i didn't realize that it was currently airing (laughs) so i have no way of watching it um now but uh brain dead has anyone watched any of that show on cbs it's on cbs it's on cbs and it is awesome like i only got to watch the first like eight or so i don't some something like that but it's a comedy horror political drama it's crazy like basically the whole premise of the show is that um it's set like right now with like the crazy tensions with the political race and all that and the show is basically set up to explain that the reason that all all of these people across the world and country are going insane is because they have been um, infested with alien bugs that are taking over their brain. Like it is just, it is so funny. And it has um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead um, who played uh, what's her face? Ramona flowers. And she was in sky high and um, 
She's she the most underrated the... actress in Hollywood. She's right so now. awesome. She's she the was lead. in the, the Thing prequel. Yeah. Oh yeah. She, yeah, she yeah, was in right. Death Proof. She's the cheerleader in Death Proof. She's in Ten um, Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. I mean, and it also has um, Tony Shalhoub is one of the main characters. It's wow. just it's awesome. Love Tony. Shalhoub. How the hell have I never heard of this? I'm gonna have to check this out. It sounds awesome. Yeah. I saw I saw that there were a few episodes on a when I had I had a free trial of Amazon, so I was watching as much as I could, and they had like it is currently airing. It is still in the first season right now, but I loved what I saw of it. It was so much a fun. CBS show. Yeah, it's on okay. CBS. I wonder if Hulu will carry it then because they kind of. Keep up uh, with current network I'm shows. I'm not sure. I haven't really I'll looked. Check that out because I've got Hulu. I don't have Netflix or uh, Amazon Prime, but. But yeah, that's that's a really fun one, for sure. It's a good name. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's good. Anybody watch any of that? Speaking of like the networks, anybody watch that Zoo, James Patterson show? Uh, I tried. And <laughs> not good. Well, it's. Like the the premise is intriguing. I like the idea. I started watching the first season on Netflix, and it just—I mean, talk about wheel spinning. It just doesn't go anywhere. Okay. Like okay. the the first couple it's, of episodes are kind of neat, and then it just stops advancing the plot. So I just lost interest in it. But I mean, the yeah, the premise intrigued me. You know, like you know, animals gone wild, but all the animals go wild. So you know. That's, that kind of seemed pretty cool to me, but and seen, every commercial I see, I was like, I should really check this out, and I never do. Yeah. So. And it's entirely possible it got way better. I think I only made like four episodes in, so, you know, if anyone wants to correct me and say, no, you're a dumbass, and it got great at episode six, <laughs> I'll happily start watching it again. But Cool. Any other honorable mentions for anybody? Uh, how, well, this isn't a modern one, but how about She-Wolf of London? Has anyone seen that? No. Also released under the title "Love and Curses." I'm not familiar. It was uh, it was produced as a, a first run syndication thing uh, for for some channel that Universal Studios wanted to get off the ground that never really took off. But uh, it it aired in syndication a bunch of different channels. Sci Fi Channel uh, when my parents first got satellite was how I saw it. But uh, it's got Kate Hodge from uh, Texas Chainsaw 3 and she plays a, a college student who's going to England to study with a, a professor of parapsychology and uh, in the first episode she gets bit by a werewolf and so you know she and the professor kind of have this little inappropriate professor student relationship kind of thing and they you know from week to week they are trying to figure out a way to turn her back from a werewolf while you know, fighting all these other supernatural creatures like succubi and and bog mummies and things like that. Hmm. It's uh, Mick Garris and uh, Tom McLaughlin, the guy who wrote uh, Friday the Thirteenth Six, were the series <laughs> creators. Yeah. Holy shit! How have I never heard of that? Uh, it, it was like a season and a half. <laughs> <laughs> there and, you and, go. It, and it disappeared, <laughs> so that might be why. <laughs> but it's, it's maybe it's surprisingly fun. All the full uh, full episodes are up on YouTube, and I just discovered that recently and started rewatching this show mm-hmm. that I hadn't seen since I was thirteen years old, and it, it holds up surprisingly well. The, uh, the you know the two leads have kind of a fun chemistry together, and it's it's got a very light, humorous tone. Despite having the occasional moments of some pretty gross 
gore effects, but uh, yeah. Cool. Okay. Outstanding. Any others? All right. Yeah, I think that I think that should just about do it. Um, so what we'll do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do some segments. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies, hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies. And we're back. And it's segments time here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. And we're going to start, as we always do, with my favorite segment. Well, my second favorite. Oh. Well, we, we, Saints picks. Come on. But uh, we're going to start with shout-outs. It's time for... Shout-outs! Hey everybody! Hi. What's up? <laughs> You're everybody. Um, <laughs> so we asked, "What's your favorite TV horror shows?" On Facebook, Jack Christensen says, "Bates Motel, like a mofi, a mofo." I think you might have meant to say, <laughs> Jack. <laughs> American Horror Story as well. Yes, Bates cool. Motel fucking yeah. rules. Mm-hmm. God, I can't wait to see the new one season anyway what season is it up to now i think four, four was, was airing yeah. jesus I'm but so only behind. three i've only watched oh my like god two. the end of season three dude anyway. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> devin hauser says still very pleased with stranger things yeah. even though it's probably more sci-fi thriller than actual horror but i'm sure it scared someone out there fuck yeah first oh, first episode when that thing moves be- behind the kid Mm, yeah, shit, ants, man. Yeah. Derek John says, "Stranger Things, Bates mm-hmm. Motel." Even though it's not on anymore, uh, my favorite all-time show is Dexter. Oh, yeah, no, we didn't bring that up. Hey, shh, I don't know. Shh. <laughs> shh, it's better that way, it. Jason. <laughs> yeah, don't finish it. <laughs> okay, Leo Redmond says, "AHS." American Horror Story. Okay, thank you. Uh, Lady Gaga. Foar. Don't tell my missus. Uh, that must... Uh, I know Lady Gaga was on the hotel one, but I haven't watched that, yeah. so I don't get that reference. Not either. Uh, I'm getting into Outcast. I've heard of that one. I have not. Can't get the hang of Philip Glenister with an American accent, though. Wayward Pines started off all right. Just to be sure to switch it off ten minutes before the end of the last episode of the first series, <laughs> and don't bother with the second series at all. Okay. Oh, yeah, that was a Hulu one with a uh, oh. what's his face. Um, He's good. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll think of it. Keep moving. Okay, the strain is excellent, but then anything involving Guillermo del Toro would be. Me and my missus enjoy playing Spot the Thing in a Jar with every Del Toro film. (laughs) 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 
and the he's th- got a point. <laughs> and the thing in the jar in the strain was Abraham's wife's heart. Ah, oh, fuck! I don't have to watch anymore. Ah, oh, it's just like spot the car in Sam Raimi films. <laughs> and obviously, The Walking Dead. Been a fan of the comics for years, and I'm not disappointed with the TV series. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, but I'm sorry for what we said. David Bradley is fucking awesome as Abraham Van Helsing in The Strain. He is, I forgot to mention that before, but he's the best part of that show. Yeah. I thought of the dude. I, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, Matt Dillon. That's Matt in Wayward Dillon. Pines. Wait, yeah. Nice. Oh. I like me some Dillon. Yeah. That's all I know about that show. <laughs> uh, Corey Ferguson says, From the last 20 years, I would say Roseanne or Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Vanna, Vanna's getting pretty scary. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Corey. You're probably fun to hang out with. I'll give okay. you the Halloween episodes of Roseanne. Oh, Those were uh, always the fucking best. Best. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Dalton, Jimmy! creator of the theme song to That's Attack right. of the Killer podcast. How's that go? He says, <laughs> <laughs> he says Stranger Things. Oh, I'm glad he watched that. Uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Woo! And Corey Canny sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my that's gosh. An inside joke. That's uh that's okay. that's really scary. That's like that watching the videotape in the ring type scary. You know, yeah. die in seven you days. You don't come back from that. You wake up dead in the closet. <laughs> With your mouth wide open. <laughs> okay, what? so Tim Lennerer says I'm only a couple episodes into Penny Dreadful, but it feels like the Hammer Studios cinematic universe with buckets of gore and occasional nudity. <laughs> Verbatim. That was nice. good. Love you, Tim. He's, he's, he's a good buddy of mine from B-Fest. Cool. <laughs> You're right on. I'm pumped to watch that now. Yeah, me too. Fargo has its moments of existential dread and horrific pursuit by an... Imp- what? Lackable foe. <laughs> I was wondering if that Fargo series was any good. I've heard I've only it's seen really the, good. I've only seen the first season, but yeah, it's fantastic. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. okay. cool. Uh, it's not just a horror series, but there's an amazing amount of suspense in both seasons and occasional grew a minor character's bodies disposed of via meat grinder in season two, among other things. Ooh, awesome. I also have it on good authority that Bruce Campbell plays Ronald Reagan in season two. What? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, Tim's not done. He says, he comments again. He's like, oh, damn. Ash versus Evil Dead. <laughs> I forgot to mention it. It's beautiful. Five hours of Deadite spirit beatings. A fantastic effect for the demon flickering in and out of reality, and I don't think I've seen anyone do before. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. I love that so much. Yeah, one of the best, which is weird that effect would be one of the best parts of a series. I know. Such an innovative visual. It was cool. Literal buckets of gore and Bruce Campbell showing how Jerry... Jerry action movies should be made. <laughs> Jerry action. That's got to be a subgenre now. Oh my god! Yes, Start expendable. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, leave it to Tim to <laughs> come up with a word like that. 
geriatrician movies. Oh, we're going to the old folks' home. We're gonna make some geriatric. I mean, geriatric. Cockneys versus Zombies. That's a geriatrician movie. Yes. Yeah. And another, another. I'm gonna do it again. Another Doctor Who connection. <laughs> Tony Selby, who was one of the old people, and that was Sabalom Glitz during Colin Baker, the Sixth Doctor's run in Doctor Who. Uh. Letters put together. I don't know what the fuck you just said. None of that even I sounded Jason, like words. We're gonna sit down and marathon Doctor Who. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, we'll see you guys in a year. It, that would be a year well spent. Oh, because that was every Friday night of my childhood and early adolescence. I'm spent. so sorry. <laughs> Damn. No. They, they don't like time travel things. Oh, it's oh, it's okay when I talk to you about Transformers, but when I bring up Doctor Who, that's just... Well, that's something that's cool. <laughs> uh, if the TARDIS were to transform into a giant robot... Now I'm in. I'm into it. <laughs> and then lastly on the Facebook, we have Amy Walker. <laughs> Somebody we know. She said, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Stranger Things, how could people forget The Walking Dead? Well, it's easy to, Amy. And I'll tell you why next time you come over. <laughs> and then uh, on Twitter, we have that Nalani Proctor girl, Ooh. at Nalani Proctor. She says, Stranger Things. Yeah. I made her That's watch it. That's a good it. one to end it on. <laughs> that was my, and and was it too scary for her? No, no, it was like perfect. She, it was. A that was my amount. second watching. I'm like, I'm going to watch this with you again. Because like, <laughs> I want to see yeah. it again. And I want you to see <laughs> yep. it. Yep. Cool. Hey, that's shoutouts. Woo, shoutouts. The following segment is rated TVMA for strong language, drug use, violence, nudity, and graphic depictions of bestiality that may be disturbing for some viewers. <laughs> it's insane's picks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for another amazing intro. Okay, so, what do you get when Ed Wood rewrites Little Shop of Horrors and it gets produced by a Japanese production company? That's right, I'm talking about 1970s Venus Flytrap, a.k.a. Double Garden, a.k.a. Revenge of Dr. X, a.k.a. (laughs) Body of the Prey. Now, I caught this... um, I caught this uh, movie online the other day. I had never even heard of it before, and I'm a pretty big Ed Wood fan. This is, um, oh, I'll get into more of that here in a minute. Um, doing research on this movie was very exhausting. There is not hardly anything about this movie, um, you know, as far as info goes, and I'll explain as I go. Um, the movie was filmed in 1966, but uh, didn't get released until 1970. Um, it's considered a lost Ed Wood film, and um, it's it's based on a uh, screenplay by Ed Wood, so it's not like he didn't direct this one or produce this one or anything like that. So it's just it's based on on one of his scripts. The plot is uh, about a mad scientist who creates a half man, half plant, man eating monster in order to prove that man is descendant of plants. What? Uh, it's directed by, um, well, I've, I've read, and 
One source told me that it was directed by Kenneth Crane, who directed Manster, who I think is the original, the, the actual director, and I'll explain that in a bit. Um, but I also found the name Norman Thompson as uh, as listed as the director. And if you watch the version on YouTube, uh, the version called Body of Prey, his name is listed in the opening credits. Now, why I think it is um, actually directed by Kenneth Crane is because it was uh, the movie was an American ja uh, Japanese uh, production, um, filmed a lot in Japan, which is very reminiscent of Manster. Manster was was the same thing. It was kind of a co-production, and a lot of the movie was shot in Japan. Um, so, like I said, written by Ed Wood. Um, I think the original screenplay he wrote was uh, 19, I had it in my notes somewhere, 1950-something. Um, <clears throat> the lead character, Dr. Brennan, um, who is the guy who creates the, uh, the man-eating um, Venus flytrap monster, um, he starts off as a rocket scientist in the beginning of the movie. Then he kind of has a nervous breakdown on the job, and so he takes a vacation to Japan where he does experiments on Venus flytraps, but he's a rocket scientist. But he's doing <laughs> bioengineering. What? Anyway, um, he stays at this mansion that's right next to an active volcano, which is where I want to spend my vacation after having a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Uh, the, so, like I said before, it wasn't released until 1970, uh, originally under the title of Revenge of Dr. X, which was a double bill with the was uh, with a re-release of 1968's Mad Doctor of Blood Island, and for the re-release they were renaming Mad Doctor of Blood Island um, under a different title, which is which was common practice in those days, especially during the drive-in era, where they would you know try to make more money on this pre-existing film by just slapping a new title on it, um, <clears throat> and. The retitle of Mad Doctor of Blood Island was supposed to be Revenge of Doctor X. Now, the um, original version of the film of uh, Venus Flytrap, there was no existing credits for the film because they just used Mad Doctor's Mad Doctor of Blood Island's credits for the film of Venus Flytrap. Hence, why it was called in in 1970 um, Revenge of Doctor X. So when you go and watch the Revenge of Dr. X version of Venus Flytrap, which is also available on YouTube, it credits, um, uh, shoot, I'm forgetting the name, uh, Cesar, is it Cesar Romero, Filipino director, director of uh, Mad Doc? Uh, that's Eddie, is that right? Eddie Romero. Eddie Romero, Cesar Romero, that's the Joker from Batman. Oh my God, it's late. Um, yeah, Eddie Romero, it credits Eddie Romero as the director of Revenge of Dr. X, um, so I, I found that amusing uh, as well. So uh, this film um, was was originally produced by To To A Toye uh, Toe Company. Uh, I know I'm slaughtering that pronunciation, uh, which is a, which was a company famous for a lot of anime. Um, they were a pretty big studio in Japan. Um, owns and operates like 34 different theaters in Japan. Um, so why would they produce so here's the mystery for me and what I want to know uh, is why would they produce a screenplay by Ed Wood who by 1966 was already drowning in his own alcoholism and writing erotic novels and filming and filming softcore porn 
So I wonder if Edward's horrible dialogue translates better in Japan. Um, <laughs> but it's it's very it's very obvious a Japanese production once you see the Venus flytrap monster, um, because the plant monster is a man in a rubber suit and he looks like a reject from a Godzilla film. Um, the plant the plant monster it's um, it's Venus flytrap parts are ob- the obvious hands of the guy wearing the suit. And I can't even begin to describe the head um, with the weird tentacles and, and whatnot on the top of it. Um, the, the movie is just freaking crazy. The acting is, like, horrible. Um, Dr. Brennan um, does the best performance, but he basically screams about half of his dialogue. He, You want to talk about Winona Ryder um, being over the top in her performance. She's got nothing on Dr. Brennan in this movie. Um, and... Uh, and the craziest part, and like about this whole movie, is that the plant monster doesn't even wreak havoc until the last ten minutes of the movie. But you know what? At least the goat survives. So you got that. Um, what I noticed, what I've what I've always noticed about movies that have been written by Ed Wood, but not directed by or um, um, immediately, you know, like produced by or anything like that by Edward, is that they still have a look and feel like an Edward production, like Orgy of the Dead, for example, which is based off of one of his erotic novels. You watch that movie and you are convinced that it is an Edward directed film, um, but it's not. Um, and this is this movie's the same thing. There's there's bad continuity and in, in um, day shots that should be at night. Um, there's some really poorly use of stock footage, like the volcano or the rocket blast off at the beginning of the movie. Um, some really bad stage sets uh, in the opening scene. So, you know, even though Edward really had nothing to do with this movie other than the original script, it still looks and sounds and smells just like an Edward Deward Jr. Edward Deward Jr. movie. It's crazy. Um, so if you could check it, I mean, it's everywhere on YouTube in all its different versions. You can find it under, um, Revenge of Dr. X. You can find it under a body of prey or under the title of Venus flytrap. Um, so I would recommend checking it out. It is a little slow because again, the plant monster doesn't wreak havoc until the last 10 minutes, but it's definitely an awesome party movie and perfect for, um, riff tracking, which they actually riff tracks did a, a, um, a riff on this movie. So if you could, if you could find that, check it out. Um, <clears throat> but I'm going to leave you with this one quote from the movie, my favorite line of the whole movie. Who the hell could be so stupid as to build a rocket base on the coast of Florida? Thank you. That's in <laughs> yeah. six Nice. That is a fun movie. It's one of their best riff tracks too. Yeah, I caught some. They had like um, like a five minute clip of their riff tracks on YouTube, and I watched that, and I I was laughing my ass off because it was a montage of different moments throughout the film, and it was oh, it is really funny. I need to see the whole riff tracks of it. But. It also because of course I would go here with it. Uh, there is a <laughs> brief cameo uh, by in the very beginning of the movie by an actor named James Yagi, who uh, plays Paul. Dr. Paul Nakamura, excuse me, in uh, Venus Flytrap. And he is also uh, Yutaka Omura in the uh, Americanized version of King Kong vs. Godzilla. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. 
because I did reach out to Brian to see if he could help me out because I struggled really trying to find as much information as I could about this movie. There's just not a lot out there. There's really not, no. Yeah. And it's still a mystery to me on who the actual director is, you know, because there's three different versions, each with a different director's name attached to it. So, yeah. I mean, it's definitely not Eddie Romero, that's for sure. But One of those casualties (laughs) of the drive-in that we may never know. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe yeah. it is Ed Wood. You know, maybe he directed it under a pseudonym for a bottle of whiskey. Could have been, because again, I mean, am I off base saying that it that it looks and sounds like an Ed Wood movie? No, it, it totally. It looks like an Ed Wood movie with uh, Japanese co-production. Like you were saying, it it kind of has that <laughs> feel, even though it was primarily just Japanese money was the only connection they had with it. But Toei Studios also did. <clears throat> you know, they were. Did a lot of tokusatsu TV shows, including all of the Common Rider series, which yeah. I have not seen all of. I just recently started watching uh, Common Rider Amazon, but I would not at all be surprised to see some of the pieces of the Venus flytrap human <laughs> creature suit show up in uh, an episode of some uh, Showa era Common Rider series. You know what? The I mean, I know it's not definitely not the same suit. But you know what the the design of it really reminded me of when I first saw it, and that's the the tentacle plant monster from um, um, Inframan, from Super Inframan. Especially in the face, it really, really mm-hmm. does look like it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that wraps up uh, this episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. Any final thoughts from anybody? Watch the TV. More original horror content. Bring it on Netflix, any actual TV show. Just keep it coming. Yep. For sure. So with that said, they say that television rots the brain. And if we've learned anything from this episode, they're 100% right. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Oh, no!